Welcome to Oscar Sunday. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Izagari. And today we got my older brother Jeremy with us. He's uh, in, in San Antonio for my daughter's birthday. Uh, he's lives up in St. Paul and you know we were we were going to do a different movie this week but I, since he's coming down I was like oh I'll, I'll see if uh, Jeremy wants to hop on the pod and talk about a movie he likes. So uh, I know The Matrix is Holds, you know, a special place in his heart. Uh, so, Jeremy, welcome aboard for this episode. You haven't been here since, what, the Matt Damon draft? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The Born. Yeah. I guess it was Born Ultimatum was the. Correct. Yeah. Matt Damon draft. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. yeah I watched a shitload of Matt Damon yeah. movies. And I didn't do that this time. <laughs> you told me about this like three days ago. But, yeah. 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 But I did rewatch. Rewatch the classic. 1999 matrix. yeah 1999 matrix up for up for four oscars at the uh, 72nd academy awards uh it also won all four categories they're all you know they're all uh technical categories but they're all pretty important and has some really interesting competition uh 1999 is a year now that this is our seventh time going to it we just like when in doubt, we're just like fuck it, nineteen ninety nine. Let's go back to a year that we we know a lot about. We have a lot of movies that we love. So, uh, Connor, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, like, what's your relationship with the Matrix nowadays, and when when did you first see it? Well, I actually saw the Matrix Reloaded first. Uh, what? Back in <laughs> I know, right? I didn't. <laughs> it was back in two thousand two thousand three. I was visiting um, my uncle Sean in Austin, Texas at the time we were living in Maryland. He was living here. And that was the first movie I ever saw at the Alamo draft house, uh, like the flagship way back in the day. And I was like, what you can get a pizza while you're watching a movie. Oh my God. It was the most incredible thing. And the matrix reloaded was a movie that was playing and I was watching it completely lost and just enjoying the fact that I was having food at the movies. And then when I got home, I'm sure at some point, I was like, oh, that was a part two. Let's watch part one. And I watched The Matrix. And I was like, oh, this makes way more sense. I like this a lot. Yeah. And uh, I just yeah, imagine you know, that just be like confusing as fuck. Like, yeah, I was just, you know, they wanted to see The Matrix reloaded. And I was along for the ride. So I went with them. I was eight years old. Was I going to say no? <laughs> so, yeah, that was. And then, you know, once I watched the first movie, it instantly became one of my favorites. And I never looked back. It's a fantastic movie. It still holds up. Looks incredible. And it's just plain fun. Yeah, yeah. I imagine in 2003, you were like, I want to watch Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, yeah, probably. seen it nine times already. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. But yeah, that's that's really cool. I didn't know about that story, that that was the your first draft house experience. Uh, reloaded. That's really that's a really cool story. Uh, yeah, man, this movie is so much fun. And I hadn't seen it in probably a couple of years. I like doing that with these movies that I, I know I, I like truly love is, you know, I'll rewatch the shit out of some movies, but like the ones that I truly love and I also respect a lot, like the matrix, I'll try to space it out. And you're just kind of reminded every time that, man, this is, you know, this is like a five-star movie for me and uh, a 10 out of 10 type type deal. So Jeremy, do you remember first time you saw the matrix or no, no, Neither do I. No, I, it's, it's kind just, of it's, foggy. It's just kind of like been a part of been a part of like movies for me for so long. And it's weird because I can remember sometimes like I remember the first time I saw Lord of the Rings. I remember what like I remember like really wanting to see the second one. Uh, I don't I don't remember seeing this 
it's just kind of always been there. I remember being really disappointed by the sequels. Yeah. Um, or just thinking they were weird and not as good. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I rewatched them not too long ago to get ready for uh, when Resurrection came out. I rewatched the old trilogy, watched like Animatrix. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, no, nothing even holds a candle to the first one. Uh, not yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Resurrection. So I I can't believe they I can't believe they went forward with that with like not having Lawrence Fishburne in the fold. Like, I mean, it, because I I don't know if it's narrative reasons or he didn't want to do it or they didn't. Who the hell knows why that happened? But but I don't know. Yeah, Matrix has just kind of always been there for me. Uh, no memory. Yeah, yeah, it's foggy for me too. I don't recall the first time I like sat down and watched it. But I, but I do remember like the past five times I've rewatched it. You know, like they've been just. It's always it's always late at night. It's always just kind of me doing my own thing and enjoying a movie that I that I I I feel like I can just just fucking turn my brain off. And even if even even though the movie like has these big ideas and these big like philosophical things about like where we're going or what's happening, I feel like I still can just kind of turn everything off and just kind of sit back and relax, you know, and, and enjoy the show and. I, I love doing that every now and again, you know? Um, yeah. So I, it must've been like middle school. The first time I like sat down and watched the matrix. But yeah. It definitely wasn't when it came out. Oh no. Well, you would have been like seven, been seven yeah. and I was four. So Maybe not even Yeah, Connor and I are the same age. Uh, so yeah, we were too young to like remember it in 1999, but in hindsight, it is a very 1999 movie, yeah. you know, like the soundtrack, like just the, the, the visual effects still hold up, but they do feel like the late nineties. And just kind of the themes of it, like these kind of ideas are really popular of like, we're being controlled, man, like the fucking system, you know, yeah. like they, these... well, they seem so like commonplace now. Yeah. Like a yeah. lot of these ideas and these, these kind of things that Morpheus is just like these weird, like platitudes, he's just firing off the entire movie. Like, I feel like they seem normal now, but like they were like world shattering when you yeah. saw that yeah. movie the first yeah. time. That well, is, like, no, I remember those feelings. Like I was just like, "Dude, Morpheus is blowing my mind every time he opens yeah, his mouth." Like, yeah. Well, the crux of the movie is Y two K. You know, like yeah. that's what was about to happen. So everyone was freaking out. Like, oh, are, is every yeah. machine going to shut down or become self aware on New Year's Eve? And this movie, they did, and they killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awful, horrible, cruel world. But that—that's a whole thing. I think that we missed out on not seeing it like because I've, I've i've heard other people on like podcasts or read articles or whatever the hell like or just people i know that were actually there for that first like that like advertising campaign that we did that it was like super vague and like sort like played on that y2k fear and then like like you know it was kind of like matrix like what is it and no one knew until they saw the movie and it just blew everybody's minds like no one saw that movie coming uh, so yeah, I, I feel like I I I always hear about that, and I'm like, man, I wish I could have experienced that way. I mean, I don't, I still love the movie anyways without that, but like, what a rad idea for an ad campaign, man! Just to play on this like already living fear, all this crazy shit about yeah, just like vague ideas about what the film actually is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool that they pulled that off. Remember when you could just like st- you know sell a movie based on a vague poster and word of mouth where it was just like you could make five six hundred million dollars and just based off that alone just a good original story 
and enough people being aware that, that there's a movie existing called the matrix those are the good old days yeah 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 that's a good point like now he's picking everything right. apart on the internet like yeah yeah the cast members like it was everything about the movie is on the fucking internet now. yeah you just get on reddit and you can just fucking unlock everything like the whole yeah. fucking plot <laughs> yeah or even drops yeah yeah and that's and like, like good bootleg versions of it like, yes <laughs> yeah for sure on all kinds of sites um so yeah the, the matrix like ad campaign it wouldn't have been possible now like yeah you can't advertise things that way which is why again it's like to me maybe the like the 1999 movie where you can like pinpoint a certain time and place a certain kind of movie that could like connor said make a killing at the box office off of again just kind of the idea of oh like look at this look what at, is the matrix yeah, look at look at keanu what reeves into it? the fucking trench coat and the you know the fucking glasses and you're like and then your buddy sees it and they're like dude fucking blew my mind and then you're like oh i gotta see it you know and like i don't know just I, and I've, I don't know, you just you just kind of associate so many cool things with this movie. Uh, and I, again, it's just, this is just 24 years ago. Well, it's, you know, it's the perfect time and place for this movie, because for this to work, you need, you know, that kind of underlying fear of machines of Y2K. You need an, an Internet in its infancy that people don't quite fully understand yet. Yeah, no. like, yeah. Yeah. All of that has to be has to be working together for the Matrix to to be a part of pop culture. So it was, it was, yeah, it this needed to happen in 1999. That's why the new one didn't really take for people because we get the internet now. Like no one's going to, yeah. you know, we all cool. understand how this works. Yeah. No one's, you know, freaked out about machines anymore. And it just, you know, it fell into the fucking, you know, rabbit hole of internet fan theories and rabbit why, hole. Oh, yeah. Fishburne, where's Hugo weaving? Why is the guy from Hamilton in this? Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I gotta make, I got I gotta be honest here. I, I still haven't even seen the fourth one. You're not missing it. It's not. I mean, because especially because I, I know how you feel about the sequels. Like you're not, you're not gonna like. I just couldn't do it. Like, like I just couldn't do it. I, I want to have like some sort of you know, uh, you know, sacred feeling about the first one, and I, I don't know. I kind of regret seeing the sequels altogether. Uh, I don't know. They, I guess they were more fun a few years ago, but as I've gotten older, I, I'm just like, I'm never... I'll, I'll bring up an example. I'll, I'll never watch The Matrix and then be like, I have to watch the other two or the other three. But like, recently, you know, last week we did Pirates of the Caribbean, and after I watched Curse of the Black Pearl, I was like, well, I'm I'm fucking watching Dead Man's Chest and that world's end. Like, those movies yeah. are good. They hold up. I mean... What? You don't like at world's end? <laughs> De- well, I don't need, we don't need to go into this whole no, go ahead. argument about sequels, but Dead Man's Chest is hidden. That's a really good movie. At World's End has far it, too many problems. It does. It has a lot of problems. I still like it. So I always remember Curse of the Black Pearl being like so great and the other two just sucked. But then when I did rewatch them like just a few years ago, it's like, no, Dead Man's Chest rules. Yeah. We can build, do like the, Bill Nye, man. Bill Tyler, you know, the, the <laughs> popping noise he makes, like the sound of his like pipe hitting the claw hand like just like the sounds that that the davy jones character makes like i paid nine five <laughs> you are a liar bill tana but i feel kind of similarly about the matrix reloaded and i don't know if it's just because i saw it when i was eight and was like yeah stuck in my head but like you know i love the whole many smiths thing like he becomes like a virus i love the freeway fight scene 
Like, yeah, that fair. one has moments. Revolutions, no, it, not so much. And then Resurrections is, is pretty shit. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Like, it, it does it does mean something, like, when you saw it. Like, if you saw it as a kid, or whatever, in your case, like, it's a memorable experience having pizza in a, you know, in a chair right, while yeah. watching a movie. Like, that, that, that does mean something. Um, and no, I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that because there are some sequels where I just kind of stand by them, even though I know deep down, like it's not nearly as good as the, the first one. You still have that kind of nostalgic, uh, you know, attachment well, to it. I think about Revol- um, sorry, Reloaded right away is like the rave scene. So I think about right away when I think about why I don't like that movie. And like, I don't know how much more like Wachowski's shit y'all have watched, but like they they are like obsessed with scenes like that. Lots of skin over like sex scenes, and it's just like God, you know, it's like you know when like, I watched sexy that pop dra- music, you know. When I like, watched it at Draft House, I don't think I was aware that that was a sex scene because it's it's so weird. Well, uh, so no, they're not having sex in the rave, but it's cut with what's uh, I mean? Neo Neo and Trinity. Yeah, them. That's what that's what I meant. In their room. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah. They, well, you were also eight, right? Yeah, but I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't stupid. Like I understood some stuff. <laughs> like, oh, they're getting it on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. yeah well, but so that's the that's the first thing I think of when I think about why I don't like that movie. But there, no, there's the, the rest. Like, I mean, I love those two like weird like dreadlock guys. They look dumb as shit, but like, I I'm a fan of like the visuals of that. And then there's like the key master. That con- I don't I can't remember the character's name when he goes in the room with the TVs. You know what oh, I'm talking the, about? Uh, the architect. The architect. That's right. Yeah, that seems pretty rad. Like that's like these these like uh these themes that show up in the whole trilogy and just the Matrix stories in general of like predeterminism and this like you know destiny and fate and prophecies and shit like and and how like everything like they can't change anything but like the, then they also can but they also can't like. They're really like you don't really know where you're standing, and and we're kind of like in Neo's shoes. Like he's like, what the fuck is anyone talking about ever? <laughs> like as he slowly starts to like figure out how everything works, but like every time he figures something out, like some other ridiculous convoluted thing is thrown in his face. What I also love in the sequels, like the idea of a messiah who totally has no fucking clue what he's supposed to do, or but like is worshipped by people and is just like kind of awkward about it. I love that concept. Yeah, of just the re- the reluctant savior, and I thought that yeah, as we, played as we that see so him well. Zion, yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, maybe maybe I do need to revisit it. It's been it's been a long time. <laughs> I think, no, I think I think you no, need like, to rewatch both of them at some point, or all three at some point. You know, watch them all within the span of a few days. Yeah, it's yeah, but revolutions. I'm less like less sweet on revolutions. I like the fight between the final fight between Neo and Smith is cool, but that's kind of hell yeah. With that movie, yeah, we well, got yeah, Neo and Smith. Like, All three Neo Smith showdowns, I think, yeah. are cool. Yeah, like even yeah. though the CG looks pretty bad in uh, and Reloaded, like just the where he just like keeps coming out of every hole, like everywhere. There's just like a thousand of him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hugo Weaving is carrying the sequels by a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Hugo. Hugo, my man, uh, what a, what a, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I was like, this guy does this, and he's also in these Lord of the Rings movies that I love. Like I was like, yeah. acting, 
cool. He's one of those nerd like guys that's in a ton of nerd like but like like that that has like those two cool nerd. Well, we were just talking about uh like uh, Dan Aguilera and uh plays like Okoye and Michonne in Walking Dead. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Lee, he's Saruman and Count Dooku. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, if Hugo Weaving is you know he's Smith and uh, and Elrond and and, Elrond. and Red Skull, like yeah. and yeah, I mean, and Megatron and Megatron. I I mean okay, they're not great <laughs> sure, movies, but... but it's an iconic character. Give me that. No, I know I'm not going to say that. okay. Megatron is an iconic character. Red Skull is not an iconic character. It's fair, uh, but he's great. No, he's, but like, he's great. He's doing the voiceover of Megatron and like you know it's great voiceover, but like I don't know where I'm going with this. I just I just like my two thing. He's he kicks I like how ass I, as Red Skull. I have three examples of two things: Gandalf and Magneto, Ian McKellen. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. people. Yeah, that's okay. fair, that's but fair. sure. Yes, they've acted in lots of other things. Uh, sure, Hugo <laughs> Weaving's great. Let's move on. <laughs> he's he's fantastic. I'm sure we'll talk about him later. You know, when we get into our awards and whatnot. But uh, you know, you know, on, on this episode, we're gonna keep it kind of tight. We're gonna do our our awards, you know the uh, the thing we that's the staple of this show that we always do. It's it's a lot of fun to have three people doing them at once because there's just you know a different variety of stuff, and we will also look at the seventy second Academy Awards. Uh, the Matrix is currently on HBO Max right now. I think all of them are. Uh, so if you do yeah, everything, if you do want to just sit back and you know take take like Jeremy said, take a week to kind of you know rewatch these movies. I think I think all of us recommend that you know. Uh, if you if you do like this kind of shit, you know, recommend you know going back in time and checking out some stuff because, uh, you know, you guys clearly uh, were standing up for some stuff and reloaded. So I'll give it another whirl one day. You know, um, maybe not now, but but one day. Maybe not now. Also, also watch Animatrix, dude. Yeah, Animatrix yeah. is like number two after Matrix. Okay, I like it more than Reloaded, Revolutions, and Resurrection. What year did that? What year is that? Oh shit, I don't know. Because Reloaded is what? Oh, three, Connor said. Um, obviously, Resurrection is just last year, right? Or, or, no, was it 21? That was, that was late 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, also, you was know, it? Animatrix is not like a feature length. It's oh, a, you're right. Connor, anthology, but... when we were in Los Angeles, me and you in December of 2021, there was like Matrix shit everywhere. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I remember, I remember that. I remember. We Caleb and I paired that sneak preview with something else from late 2021 because we both saw that and we're like, that was fucking awful. We need something else. No, uh, it's that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy just pointed something something funny out on the uh, the Matrix poster. So obviously, you know, Keanu Reeves, you know, is the is, is at the forefront. This is the IMDb poster. Uh, he's got the poster is Neo, Morpheus, Trinity, and Cipher. But Smith is not nowhere to be found in it. <laughs> it's weird that they put Cypher in it instead of Smith. Well, you know, Joey Pants. Do you want to appreciate Cypher? He was selling tickets. Or... <laughs> <laughs> he was the big ticket man. So I, I, I uh, y'all may be able to answer this a little bit better than me. Um, most of, I mean, I know that, I know that Keanu had, you know, he's had roles, he had roles before this came out. And I know. The only thing I can think of with Fishburne that I know of is uh um what's love got to do with it? No, um Poison the Hood. Poison the Hood, yeah. But we're, we're, are are these the kind of like three main characters? Is this this is kind of their big break, right? This yeah. is their big thing, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah Keanu kind of became a superstar with the Matrix. Uh, and then Fishburne, you know, he definitely his he got more recognition for this. And then Hugo Weaving definitely exploded from this because uh, I think like the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert was like his big thing before this. And yeah. then he had this and Lord of the Rings within like two years of each other. So, yeah, I'd say this was a big one. Yeah. And then uh, Carrie Ann Moss does this in Memento back to back. That's yeah. a big deal. And I think for Lawrence Fishburne, I mean, God, God bless Larry Fish. He's the man. Uh, I think I think like early 90s, Boys in the Hood. 1991 and then what's love got to do with the 1993 was like holy shit this guy's like an actor like this guy can really do these like big, so out of all big them, dramatic roles he's been around the block yeah but but even then like and he was oscar nominated for what's love got to do with it but even then like this movie took him to a different stratosphere like it, yeah it just helps to be in a giant sci-fi like big budget sci-fi movie where you know, it, it just gets extremely popular. Like, still to this day, how many people have seen What's Love Got to Do with It that are like our age? You know what I mean? They're in their yeah. late 20s, early 30s talking about that movie. I think Boys in the Hood's pretty popular, and he's, you know, got some huge scenes in that movie. But I don't know. The Matrix, is, like, Morpheus is like what people are going to think of when they think of Larry oh, Fish. His look is iconic yeah. in this movie. And outside of just his career, like, uh, you see that, those glasses and the. Yep. Uh, well, which I mean, which a lot of that came from other influences that the Wachowskis had. But like, yeah, yeah. I find it interesting that like they wanted Sean Connery, like he oh, was the crazy. Never, he was I've the first choice. Yeah. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> he was the first choice for Morpheus. He turned it down because he didn't understand the script. <laughs> then he got then he was offered Gandalf and Lord of the Rings, and he turned that down because he didn't understand the script. And since <laughs> Matrix and Lord of the Rings, fucking read like what. I just, but fuck? since those were huge hits, he then decided, well, clearly, if I don't understand it, it's going to be successful. So he took the next thing he got that he didn't get, and that was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which <laughs> he hated so much, he quit. Dude, I, Ray, I love that story. You that. Thank you for that. I, yeah, I do. Sean Connery. It's not James Bond? <laughs> I can expect to, like, just him doing the the lines and, as Morpheus. <laughs> Free your mind, Neo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop. No, it wouldn't work. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. <laughs> uh, Trinity, save, save him. He's the only thing that matches at this point. <laughs> what the Oracle sent to you. I, don't, I feel like we're doing really terrible. Oh, yeah. Jack Awful, but that's, that's all right. Also, as Gandalf, I mean... Oh, good God. Well, I guess that's not as weird. You shall not pass. <laughs> you shall not pass. See, that just sounds like Ian McKellen. Like, you guys' impressions were pretty Ian McKellen there. Yeah. Sounds like I'm doing either a bad impersonation of Ian McKellen or Sean Connery. Yeah. Whatever white British. Well, I guess he's, he's it was he's Connery. Is it is, is Irish? Is that Scottish. Scottish. Scottish, yeah. Proud Scotsman. Yeah. Oh, there can, there can only be one. <laughs> Right, I should have known. Actually, oh, he's a Spaniard man. in that, so that's a, that's not a great example, but yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's or, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, right, like I saw the Highlander one time, and I don't remember fucking anything from it. it the seems Scotsman like is played by a Belgian, well. and the Spaniard is played by a Scotsman. Perfect. Hollywood, baby. Perfect. Yeah, Hollywood, bitch. That's yeah. showbiz. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh. So, okay, before we get into our awards, I think this is actually a fun little segue here, like fun little thing. If you were to recast 
Let's do the four main characters: Trinity, Neo, Morpheus, Agent Smith. Okay. So um, at the time, though, I, all I want to recast is Mouse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, just the main four ones. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just, I just want Leo as Mouse, and, like, yeah. and that's, that's all I want. <laughs> he would have been the right age. I feel like. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So, so Keanu Reeves. You want a guy who's like in his 30s, can carry a movie as Neo, but also be not like a massive, massive star yet. Vigo so, Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was almost Will Smith, but then, you know, the money for Wild Wild West was too tantalizing. Yeah, uh, dear God. So I think the only I mean, name can, that makes sense. I can see Will Smith. I'm sorry. What? What? Go ahead. I, I think the only name that makes sense here is Ethan Hawke. Ooh. Ethan Hawke, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good choice. I feel like he'd be, because Keanu has that. Just no, quiet. I, I, that's that's no, no, no. I'm with it. I'm with it. Trust I'm me. I'm picturing that. I'm... The, the scenes in the beginning when he's like, "What does he say?" He's like, "He's like, how about you?" I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm the biggest. About... I'm the biggest Ethan Hawke <laughs> fan. How about I give you the finger and you give me my phone call? <laughs> you not see? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and... You can't scare me with this with this Gestapo crap. I know my rights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see Ethan Hawke playing those If Ethan Hawke was playing Neo, he'd like have to be smoking cigarettes the whole time because, like, late nineties, early two thousands, Ethan, Ethan Hawke smokes a cigarette. Has to be smoking cigarettes. That's like his thing. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I I actually really like that. Like pre training day. Yeah, that's a good. I, I like that a lot. Uh, Maybe like Morpheus doesn't want him smoking cigarettes, but Cipher keeps giving him cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> Cipher's like fucking Marvel Red. <laughs> <laughs> what does he? What does he say? He says, "It's only it's only good for two things: uh, grease engines and killer brain cells." <laughs> He's like, "Dozer made it, or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever weird, weird named crew." Right. Member. So we're on the same page with Ethan Hawke as Neo. Oh yeah, that's, Morpheus. That's, that's solid. Morpheus. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, for it to like still be successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like take it, you know, s- s- semi seriously. Um, well, we could reunite. Fucking Denzel and Ethan Hawke training day. Oh, dear God, <laughs> I was thinking that too, but I'm wondering like, is Denzel not like old enough to be a sage at that point? Because Morpheus is kind of you know he's like the respected fatherly sage oh, of the movie. Let's see, he doesn't seem that old though. Like Larry Fish was born in 1961. Let's check Denzel. He would have been like 38 or something. Yeah, right? he's, yeah, he's not even 40. Um, yeah, that's actually a little surprising. I, I mean, like realistically, though, I don't like I don't like Denzel for it. Denzel's seven years older than Larry. That's Fish. not surprising. Oh, damn. Me. All right, Denzel. He was already like oh, he was, nominated for Oscar. Uh, he was already man. he was he already won an Oscar. He was the man already. Yeah, but yeah, no, I don't like. I actually honestly don't like Denzel for it. He's probably too like big like too distracting you know and someone uh, who's got to hit that even keel between like intensity and just like assuredness of themselves like in those scenes when he's like you know it's the blue pill red pill scene like but then also riding this fine line between like being this like crazy religious zealot but also like this super wise sage like i don't know he's he's, he's hitting the sweet spot it seems it honestly seems kind of effortless for him. Like it's just something, a, a space he can exist in. So it has to be that kind of actor, but I don't know. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> the same year as the mummy. 
I don't know. This is just on Austin's computer. Yeah, I just I just searched actors that were also born in the '60s, like early '60s, and yeah, I mean Tom Cruise came up, of course. He's he's the hardest. I can't think of. I don't know. You think of one, Connor. You're the one who got Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is pretty you, on the money. You, what else you got for us? I'm trying the name that I don't know why this popped into my head, but um, what about Michael Keaton? Oh, that'd be uh, that'd be fascinating. Not ninety nine, Michael Keaton. I don't know what 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 can I what what can I picture to envision that? Uh, he did Jackie back, Brown in ninety seven. What he did Jackie Brown in ninety seven? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're really this kind of impossible. Like Lawrence Fishburne is 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 Morpheus. There's really no there's, there's, there's no other I, option there. It's really weird. He's like he's just. His, physically, he's that character for me. Like, so that I'm, that might be why it's harder. And like, and I don't know. I mean, Neo really doesn't look that remarkable. I mean, those glasses, the bald head, like he just looks. He looks like a you know like a fictional character, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, they're all fictional characters, but like Ooh. he just doesn't look real. I got one. Ray Fiennes. Nah. Nah, I don't like it. I like Ray Fiennes. Like you were just like no. Nah. Yeah, no, I, I, I will. I'll give you Ray Fines for Smith. Okay, all right. Oh, see shit. Ray okay. Smith. all right. I can handle that. I can handle that. Mm. I just feel like Ray Fines somewhere in the Matrix, Ooh. even if he was fucking Cipher. What about Liam Neeson? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, like we saw Liam Neeson kind oh, of do. Oh, Liam Neeson could do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean we saw him in Batman Begins six years later do this kind of like all knowing, you know, Raja Ghoul thing. So, uh, yeah, that's a good call. Ken Watanabe. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Ken Watanabe could yeah totally do that. He could yeah he could pull. Well, hell, if we're going nineties, let's chow young fat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, bringing back parts of the Caribbean, baby. Come on. Yeah, he's he is in that. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. All right. So the point is, Morpheus is hard to recast. Trinity, I think, is where we're yeah. at now. All right, Trinity. Um. I mean, like, my, my mind immediately went to, like, Angelina Jolie, you know, no, 90. No. no. Oh, no. man. All right. Hard, no. hard pass for both. I like Angelina. Uh, All right. How about Juliette Lewis? I don't Lewis? think, like, Carrie on Moss oh, is, oh, like, no. No. What was what? that? Juliette Lewis. Uh, How old is no, she? No, no. I'm, uh, I'm I feel like she's kind of young so. at that point. Well, I mean, you know, how, how – so this is five years after Natural Born Killers. Seven years after Cape Fear. No, she's the right. She's the right age. Uh, I think she's the right age. Carrie Ann Moss is like in her what? Like we're gonna late find 20s? out. We're gonna fucking find out. You know, it's uh, the name of the game here. This one's hard too. Carrie Ann, uh, yeah, she's just she's another one where it's like you know what else do you think of? She really, think yeah, is Moss? physically so much that character too. Like, mm-hmm. damn, I'm trying to think. What about? Ah, no, Jennifer Connelly would have been too young. Um, yeah. All right, I got one. How about Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh, love that. Love that. Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, yeah, I, I love know. that. I don't, I don't think I've seen her enough to really weigh in on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm there for Michelle Pfeiffer, but I also just love her. So, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dodge this. <laughs> Karen Ann Wilson at the time was was she was born in 67 7 to 99 she was 28 then no no, no that's not right 32 32 
early sure. early 30s i mean that that's a big pool of people you know actresses in their early 30s you know well also you know i mean there's wiggle room like uh how about penelope cruz i like that i like penelope yeah cruz, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah that's cool <laughs> I, I yeah i, I think I, trinity, haven't, I haven't even come up with one yet so i think trinity cool. i'm looking up naomi watts to see how old she would have been at the time I love that we have our like just natural pool of like actors who can do fucking anything that we immediately go straight for. I feel like Naomi yeah, Watts. Naomi Watts. Yeah. I feel like I don't. I, I, you all definitely do. I do. I, Naomi I, Watts. To be fair, we've done like a hundred and fifty of these. Yeah. yeah well, I've, I mean, I've had my own podcast also. Jer- <laughs> Jeremy. It's just the podcast. <laughs> the man. The pod. The legend. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm in. All right, so final answer for Carrie for Carrie Ann Moss. Um, I think Penelope Cruz is a cool one. Yeah, I like that's that unique. Idea. That's unique. Yeah. Okay, cool. Changes changes up kind of the ethnicity of the character too, which is fine. Yeah. All right. and I'm all about more you know Latin blood in every movie. That's 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 yeah. my that's my uh, platform. Cipher. Uh, yeah. All right, hear me out. <laughs> on this. I've, been th- I've been thinking about this. What can we put a uh, uh, Danny Trejo in as uh, Dozer? <laughs> Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Um, for Cipher, Ron Perlman. <laughs> oh man. Oh, dude, Morpheus. Ron Perlman could play the fuck out of Morpheus. Oh, Ron Perlman, just get him in the movie, and then Danny Trejo and Chris Tucker as Tank and Dozer. <laughs> oh my. Chris God. Tucker is mouse. We're brothers. Yeah. Chris, what? Chris, Chris Tucker is mouse, dude. Oh dear God. Red woman. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Chris Tucker being like the, the the main like operator who's like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, are you ready to learn jujitsu? Yeah, turning it, turning it on the phone like, we need an exit. And he's like, damn, I'm trying to find you one. <laughs> Bitch, did you shut the fuck up? <laughs> oh, oh god. All right, so I so do, I do like that idea. A lot or, of people could play about switch. <laughs> The least interesting, but but she visually she adds to the, the entourage, but like I mean what's her or like one line is just not like this. Yeah, yeah. Not like this. And it's delivered pretty pretty poorly. <laughs> we, she also gets the like listen here, copper top. Yeah. yeah. What is that? It's my way you know, or the highway. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. What the fuck does copper top even mean? Because he's a battery. Get it? Oh yeah! Oh, that's that's a good little piece of lore there, though. Lame that they that they that they call the people who are still in the Matrix batteries chopper tops. Oh, he's a fucking battery, fucking Energizer Bunny, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, last one. Uh, Agent Smith. Are we cool with Ray Fiennes? Is that what we're doing? I have. Yeah, I, wanna, I have I an alternative suggestion. It. Gary okay. Oldman. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah I mean, he, I mean yeah. he could do it. I think he could do it. Gary Oldman could could be anybody. Yeah, so around that time, we're thinking like Leon the Professional, The Fifth Element, Lost in Space. Gary Oldman. Yeah. True, true romance. Uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I think either one of them could do it. Uh, for me, it comes down to like how do they do the? It's the smell scene, like when the glasses come off. Like, yeah, I I feel like I can see. Uh, uh, Fine's killing that scene, but I, I mean, Gary Oldman could also kill that scene. Yeah, but again, Hugo Weaving, when he does like the, 
you seem to be living two lives, Thomas Anderson. Like, no, well, he says, like, I don't know. lives. Like, he's, like, tr- it's like a, a computer trying to be conversational. Like, enunciate, yeah. 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 It's very, it's very layered performance. He brings a lot to Smith that other yeah. actors might not see in Smith. You disappointed so, me. Yeah. This movie's yeah. just so perfectly cast on every level. They yeah, got I everybody they needed for this. That's what we learned from the exercise. Uh, mine, uh, aside from Danny Trejo and Chris Tucker. Yeah, Chris Tucker needs to be in. <laughs> hey, shut the fuck up. Uh, I also would love like. Leonardo DiCaprio in that scene, if he was mouse, if he was mouse, and he's like, "So what'd you think? Did you like the woman in the red dress?" <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing him just doing the gays in New York thing, like yeah. where he's just like super intense, like shoves a knife into the table. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna find that girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> just every character's way too intense. Oh like, man, mouse, calm down, mouse. They're all like, "Oh, here he goes." Yeah. Oh, man. Leo just way overacts the scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just takes it turns it to eleven. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's really really everybody. That, um, yeah, that's really it. You got the other agent, oh, Oracle. Oh, Oracle, Gloria Foster. She's great. She's she yeah, so she's good. awesome. Um, God, she's a little bit older, so you got to kind of turn back the clock there. And I, yeah, you know, like like got to be an older actor in the nineties. Gloria Foster. Let's see when she she was born in 1933, so she was in her 60s. Um, she well, di- she died in 2001. Whoopi, whoopi, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just I can't. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi. He got. He got Angela Bassett. Younger. Yeah, because Angela Bassett is probably too young then. Though. Yeah, because like. Angela Bassett had just done like like uh, Strange Days, nineteen ninety five. Angela Bassett, Trinity. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we don't need to go back. Yeah, but, we've done uh, Trinity. It's Penelope Cruz. <laughs> um, Angela Bassett would be sick though as Trinity. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I actually saw Strange Days listed as a a, a long time ago. Saw listed as um as an influence on this movie. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Have you seen Strange Days? No, it's fucking sick. I, I just watched watch it like it. a month ago, uh, for the first time. Yeah, great, great movie. Connor, you got to see that one too. Oh, I have it on the filmgasm schedule for I think like November. So we oh, we'll be I'll doing. I'll see you in November. Well, <laughs> I'll see you like tomorrow. But yeah, <laughs> I'll also <laughs> see you in November. Uh, All right. Well, that uh, was fun. I love doing shit like that. Um, the recasting thing and i don't know i guess that's we kind of proved, we kind of proved that casting was great in this movie it was damn near perfect so let's uh i think, I think the i think i'm uh, i think the only one that i could actually like take in its place is Ethan. Hawke. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i i love keanu like yeah I think, I think he's like made for roles like this where he doesn't have to act super hard yeah ever <laughs> i haven't done anything wrong yeah yeah he just gotta like do this but I, I love the way he delivers, like, when he's, like, mad about shit. <laughs> you know, and he's just like, fuck you. You know, I mean, he never says that. In what if I give you the finger? <laughs> yeah. That's such a good good line. You I like when he's, me. when he's freaking out, just like, let, like, let me out. Let me out. Just, yeah. like, having his moment of, like, ah. Yeah, well, that thing is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you guys remember that? that I, I read this, that 
the, that SpongeBob episode where Squidward's like stuck in that white, like yeah. you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It was inspired by the Matrix. Dude, there's so <laughs> many. The Matrix has been parodied into yeah. fucking oblivion, man. Oh yeah, I mean every cartoon has like touched on it yeah, at some point. Like Shrek when Fiona does the three, the, yes. the what is the the rotating like three sixty degree kick, like mm. the well, I don't know what you call that. Well, you know what I'm talking about when Trinity yes. when it stops, does the thing. I don't know. I don't know the word. Yeah, and you're you know at that point you're like okay, this, the, I, the whole uh, suspension of disbelief yeah. is, is in play. Dude. Well, you know, Monsieur Hood and those other assholes had it coming. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Those those, those bastards, fucking, fucking creeps, man. Yeah. Weird ass French Robin Hood. What the hell was it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Uh. All right, boys. I loved that uh, that recasting couch little little bit there. That was fun. Yeah, I definitely want to want to definitely want to try that again. Uh, with with different movies, you know, uh, I just think like the coolest part of the exercise is to see if they got it right. You know, uh, I always I always find that to be like a good uh, it's a good sign when you have trouble kind of replacing anybody. You know, and the Matrix certainly has that, uh, and I'm sure that will come up again as we do our awards. Uh, we have the the Quentin Tarantino Award for the best quote of the movie, so we'll all three give a different quote, or we might have the same one. We'll see. I doubt it because the screenplay is so fucking bonkers. But uh, we also have the Ennio Morricone Award for the best music moment. Now, I'll say the score, Jeremy and I were talking, uh, the score isn't like amazing, but the soundtrack is fucking sick. There's a lot of cool needle drops. So the combination of the the score and soundtrack gives us a lot of a lot of options. Uh, then we have the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for the best performance of the movie. I'd say there's a lot of people four or five up for it i don't think it's anybody's you know clear clear trophy you know what i mean uh but th- that's gonna be fun and then the roger deacons award for the best scene of the movie so uh connor we'll start with you and then jeremy can go then i'll finish this off so connor you're tarantino whenever you're ready uh it's easily agent smith's prison speech like where he's talking about you know he's trying to break morpheus and he confesses like all right look this is the deal this is why I need the codes. And he says, I hate this place, this zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it. I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell, if there's such a thing. I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. And every time I do, I fear that I've somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive. <laughs> I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key. Once Zion is destroyed, there is no need for me to be here. Do you understand? I need the codes. I have to get inside Zion and you have to tell me how you're going to tell me or you're going to die. It's such a great character insight moment for Smith because I love that, you know, these are supposed to be emotionless machines and the other two agents are, but Smith is a sadist. He loves inducing fear, pain, rage. He has human emotions and you really feel that in this and you start thinking like, what is, because this guy, He's different from the rest of the agents. There's something else about this guy. And that gets expanded on in the sequels. And, you know, I personally think he is the one, not Neo. Just like, there, that's a whole thing. I'll, I don't want to get into that. But it's, it's a lot that backs that up. Uh, yeah. But I, I think Hugo Weaving's delivery in that scene is great. Just him, you know, 
let like taking his earbud out, not hearing the other agents telling them, you know, him about Neo's invasion and just revealing to Morpheus how much he fucking hates humanity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a breathtaking scene. I, 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 I can't say I totally agree with the, the, um, your take on him being the one, but I have read stuff, uh, you know, on Reddit and whatnot of, you know, like actually it's, it's agent Smith. And yeah. I mean, I can't argue it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, evidence pointing to that. So I do, I do love that you brought that up. That's like a really cool nerdy thing about this, this franchise. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, that is one of the most iconic kind of bits from, from a sci-fi movie, especially where he's just kind of just breaking down exactly what we're watching and like why he's the main villain. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. So Jeremy, what do you got? Yeah, that's that's mine. The one at the top. Probably just going there. It's like the same scene, right? Yeah. Is yours different? Yeah. My my mine's from kind of the same scene. All right. So I'll do. I'll, I just I I feel like the most organic thing right now. Mine has nothing to do with any of this. Is not going to be nearly, but like, because this is this like yeah. Because he says he has two fucking like I know. monologues that are like, just as good as I like, like organically you just have to go. Right I like now. the I like the, the the one where he sits down and like crosses his legs and he says, "I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species and I realized that you're not actually mammals." Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area, you multiply, and you multiply until every natural resource is consumed, and the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You're a plague, and we are the cure. So yeah, I'm just piggybacking on Connor. It's just such. Well, a... No, he says this and then takes his fucking glasses yes, out and his that. Out yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, you gotta. Yes. That right so now. I chose one. You know, I chose one, and I like. I mean, both of them are. The whole thing is so sick, but yeah. I had a feel. I had a feeling and one that, of you would have the other, so I just chose the first. I mean, I had, I had, I had both. I have like a bunch written down, and uh, and it was. I mean, this whole movie, like, like most of these awards are between two people, and it's like. All the crazy shit the Lawrence Fishburne says, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, I just I, I didn't mean to like fuck up no, the, no. the order here, but I was like, you have to just do that. Yeah, Jeremy was like, is that yours? I'm like, damn right it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Connor and I, we both obviously connect with that that particular scene. And he, I mean, Hugo Weaving's like, delivery. It's one of the best scenes of the movie, but it's also like, I mean, I mean, Hugo Weaving is like crafted this like super cool character. And uh, and I'm sure in no small parts of the writers and the Wachowskis, but like, like when in in these scenes, like the delivery of these scenes, especially when he takes his like he, he like dismisses the other two agents, takes his earpiece out, like then also when they come back and they're like, "What were you doing?" Like, yeah, and he was like, and he's holding, yeah. he's holding his hand, yeah. he's like holding Morpheus, like uh. this is really the the scene. This is like this is the this is like the scene when like Hugo Weaving's dead, and they're like. This guy was such a great actor. Like this should be the scene, you know? What yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> this agree. is the one that plays on the the fucking reel. When he yeah. finally gets to like really sit down and just yeah. just talk to Morpheus without Morpheus being able to respond, 
is like man it is powerful uh, and, that, and that's kind of the first the, the only time in the movie when he has just like uninterrupted dialogue the whole time yes it's really just him doing this like slinking like sneery like mr anderson like the rest of the movies yeah but like the, the this bit in particular this agent smith bit where he's like 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 i connected to like when he's like you guys multiply and you multiply and you multiply you know like maybe think of other villains that i do like yeah they're scary but like you can't really argue with them like it reminded me of like Thanos where you're like yeah Thanos is a villain but like he's kind of right you know he's he kind of has a point here you know like obviously you don't want to you know start a genocide but like you 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 get to an to an extent you get where they're coming from uh Jeremy and I were talking about um Killmonger uh earlier before we were recording we were we were driving to driving to the grocery store and we were like yeah man like it's so cool like I've always just been like yeah that character just makes sense like he's not really like technically evil you know like from black panther just yeah 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 just in case anybody did. didn't know yeah, yeah. i like villains like that that are like th- their reasoning is they're sympathetic is, you know? it's well thought out you know it's like yeah. you're like oh i get why you know this makes sense mm-hmm. what you want to do makes sense i well, mean i think go ahead i i'd argue that the other agents are that the other agents are just yeah. part of the part of the process part of the machine working for the whole smith is the one who has his own goals who wants to conquer who wants to destroy everything who wants them to know it was him yeah and that's what sets him apart he's not you know he's no longer part of the whole he's he's branching off because with his own desires and his own plan and i that's why i love him so much because he he's not one of them and he's not human he's not a machine he's not human he's just smith He's yeah. he's in his own lane, doing his own thing, destroying everything that you know. Both sides want him dead, and of course, this this is more in the sequels, but it definitely starts towards the end. Yeah, of the so that's what movie. I was going to ask you: is like, are you pulling some of that from the sequels? Yeah, um, I am, but of it's course, yeah, leading but... towards that in the first movie, you definitely get the vibe that he's not on the same page as the other agents. He's got his own agenda here, apart from the machine. Construct. He's not on the same. Yeah, it's not on the same page as anyone. You know, he's like yeah. the ultimate. What do you what What's the alignment charts like? The evil chaos or whatever, like chaotic evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say yeah. he's a good example of that? I feel he's like chaotic that... evil, and the the other machines are like you know lawful evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. Good shit. Such a yeah, such a great character, and like, yeah, you know what? All those other actors we said could play him. They can't. Do nah, it. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah. Maybe they could have. I don't know. Do you have any anecdotes about who may have been up for this role other than him? I regrettably I don't. Uh, no. Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Can you picture Will Smith delivering this these speeches? <laughs> Just crying. Yeah. Has he ever played a villain outside of real it's life? The smell. Yeah. Did you hear that? Well, he's a sort of a villain in. Uh, that really bad Suicide Squad movie. Nah, nah, except nah, nah. He He's... was doing it. Except he was doing it all for his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Let's not get into that. All movie. right, Jeremy. What's your your um, your Tarantino? I don't know, man. I still don't know. Uh, I have a big list here. Uh, I'm gonna say the one. Then can I read just a couple of the other ones? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I think I think 
I think it's it's more it's it's mostly Morpheus on this page that I have here. But like I think my favorite Morpheus line is just when he says, "Welcome to the desert of the real." Just the delivery, yeah. Like and just like I think I don't think I don't I don't really remember it from when I was younger. But the few times I've rewatched it in my like late twenties, and then like just however what was it, a couple months ago when I rewatched it, that line just like blows my fucking mind back like. Not really in the way that I say, like, oh, it just blew my mind, but, like, it just, it opens up this whole, like, conceptual things. It's also, it's, like, what he's talking about, how reality has been shattered in it, and, like, Earth as we know it is gone, like, but it's also, like, this idea of, like, some of these deeper themes of these movies, like, the desert of the real, like, it's such a heavy fucking line, like... Or just idea, like, and you're getting into, like, all these, like, ideas, like, oh, like, you know, is, are these stories really just, like, an allegory for, like, transitioning, you know, or, or is it all about, like, what, like, what, like, what are the broader strokes of these themes, like, with that desert of the real, like, whatever, whatever this story means to you is just, like, it's just a fucking, just desert of the real is such a fucking pleasing, like, line. yeah. And outside of just like this, like world that we're plugged into all the time, like it was a thing I always felt when I was like when I was unemployed, and I just played fucking Dark Souls for like eight hours on end, and then like I'd just be like sucked into this world, into any kind of virtual world that you're engaged in, whether it's social media or whatever. And like when you turn that game off, you put the phone down, the screen goes black, and you're just like back in. You're like, oh, like none of that was real, like. I exist outside of that. Like it's the way I feel when movies end. Like, yeah. So it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many, this to me, this is the hardest. Um, I think Deacons and, and this one are the, are the two hardest awards for this. And, uh, like there's so many dope fucking lines, but I just, yeah, for just, just a couple of real quick ones. Like there's like this random guy that goes to try to like buy, I don't know what he's doing. He's like buying programs or something, and he's like, "It's called mescaline, and it's the only way to fly." <laughs> That's the guy who shows up at his door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those like, like raver dudes, like, and yeah. also like that establishes this kind of like steampunk style that we're gonna get way yes. into later on. Like, yes, that line is how that scene is so like heavy-handed with the imagery. It's like. You're my savior, man. My own personal Jesus Christ. Like he's looking right at the camera. Like you get, get it, huh? You just need to unplug, man. Huh? Right? <laughs> it's a little much. Like Choi is just such a ridiculous character. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, he has a name. Yeah. Choi. Yeah. What? Choi. Choi. That guy's name is Choi. Of course. Choi. Okay. Well. <laughs> it was the nineties. Every the, fourth okay, guy. All the, all the was called joy all the fucking <laughs> alice in wonderland shit like so all, okay i'll just do three and then we can move on i'm sorry for holding this up no 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 he's like this what is morpheus is like i imagine that right now you feel a bit like alice tumbling down the rabbit hole <laughs> and then later on he's talking about the blue pill and the red pill which was that was one of the ones like his thing about the he's like you wake up remembering whatever you want or believing whatever you want and then he says you know or you take the red pill and like yeah, you go deeper down the rabbit hole. See how deep the rabbit hole goes. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how the deep yeah, the rabbit hole goes. Yeah, fuck yeah. And then and then and then so they reference Alice in Wonderland, and then Cipher references 
Wizard of Oz. Like in the next scene, he's like, "What? Are, now you're gonna look at it again." So it's buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy. <laughs> Kansas is going bye bye. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, all right. That's it. we can move on. Oh man, real quick. I there did. Is, find... There is no spoon. Wait, no, got one. I did find who was offered Smith before Hugo even got the role. It's oh, two names. Have done that research. And Ooh. both of them are fucking crazy. Uh, Jean Renault was the first one. Whoa. What? Yeah, they offered it to him. He turned it down. And they next they then they offered it to Nicolas Cage. Oh, dude. Oh. He didn't want to move to Australia for the production. Like, they filmed it in Australia. He didn't want to oh. do that. So they went with Australian oh, Hugo Weaving. All right. We I'll, got, I we got to, robbed. I want to live in the timeline where that happened. <laughs> Me too. Where Ethan Hawke and Nicolas and Cage Nicolas. are going toe-to-toe, baby. And Sean Connery. <laughs> it's playing Morpheus. <laughs> and this is like the biggest bomb of the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then but but in our in our uh like the year in twenty twenty three, we're actually re examining and being like, Okay, it's bad, but like but it's good. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so movie's so good. <laughs> Holy oh shit. My God. If only. Yeah. I wanna go to a different timeline and go to see that. I, I yeah man, there's just so many. As I scroll through the quotes on IMDb, I'm like, yeah. Well, there's there's also a few, like small ones, you know, like like the, the thing that Mouse says. What does he say? He's like, uh, it seems like it wouldn't be like something that they wrote in this movie that he was like quoting some philosopher when he says, yeah, to deny our own impulses to deny the very thing that makes us human, like. I I ever I I remember this every time because I I Google it every time saying who said that and it's always just like the Wachowskis like, are the <laughs> ones who came up and I'm like oh I guess it's just from the Matrix I do that every time I watch this movie and then I remember after I'm done like oh yeah I I do this every time I watch this movie yeah God oh, so many good so many good quotes I I love the scene between Neo and Oracle and she's like you're cuter than I thought but not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he doesn't, uh, she's like alluding. She's so, like, I like, see why I, she likes you. Start, I can see why I can see why she likes you. And he's like, what? And she's like, but not very bright. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One so, of my favorite really random lines do. is when Neo wakes up from his first moment in the Matrix and he's like swiveling. He's about to vomit, and Cipher just goes, "He's gonna pop." <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always love that. He's gonna pop. <laughs> Dude, Cypher, Cypher is such a great character. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're thinking. Why did I take the blue pill? Because <laughs> right now, I'm thinking the same thing. Actually, I've been thinking ever since I got here. Why, oh, why didn't I take the blue pill? Because it is such a horrible, horrible fucking world. Like, when he wakes up and he's just got, like, tubes in him and shit, it's just like, this is where that, like, Ghost in the Shell fucking Akira fucking uh-huh. anime influence, like, then he just sees it's just like towers of human batteries. Like, yeah, I can definitely see where Cypher's coming from, man. Like, yeah, like Morpheus he just wants to go know, back. He's a bit of a car salesman. He's like, you know, not telling them the whole story, selling them a lemon, you know, painted up to look like a classic. And yeah, when they wake up and it's like, you know, twenty one ninety nine, and the world has ended, and there's no sunlight and food, yeah, yeah. like goop out of a out of out of a tube. I'd be pretty <laughs> pissed if I was, you know. Not told that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He, yeah, he just kind of says a bunch of crazy shit to you, like, 
you want to be a little bitch or you want to live in the real world, man? Like, yeah, like just like, constantly like, how would you like to know what's really going on? You want to be part of the in crowd and find out the truth about this world? Take this. Well, it's you not just like... wake up and everything <laughs> sucks. <laughs> everything sucks worse than <laughs> it already does. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. disingenuous. I think, you know, I wouldn't kill everybody for it, but I kind of, you know, I get part of what Cypher's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, like the, I like the little joke when he says, uh, I want to be somebody important, like an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that great. whole scene, I'm just thinking, as soon as he does this for you, like Smith's going to kill him with his bare hands. Like, they're I, not yeah, going I back to the Matrix, yeah, like, you idiot. They probably just, well, I don't know, though. I mean, I guess Smith probably would, but the other agents would just put him back, right? The other like, agents probably like they would. They'd be like, like okay. well, we have, we have made a deal. Smith will be like, yeah, sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Smith probably doesn't think very highly of Cipher. Yeah, he's a human being. That's all he needs to know. Also, also his name is Reagan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is that we don't know his first name, but his last name is Reagan. His name's Mister Reagan. Oh, I don't know what, what's going on there, but <laughs> but why did they pick that name? I don't know. I mean, that very famous name. Everything in this movie is like you know has a purpose. So I'm sure that there's there's something there. Yeah. yeah, there's got to be. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine the Wachowskis are a fan of Ronald Reagan. No, 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 no. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not the their favorite president uh, since they've been around. But, man, that's one of the tougher Tarantinos I think we've done recently. Well, that's one, what I'm saying. That some we've good, done recently. And it's it's not so much like, because like Connor and I picked like these big, <laughs> like the big moment. But like Jeremy, like the stuff you were hitting on is like, is shit like not only is like cool, but like makes me fucking laugh, and also just kind of like that the the uh, the desert thing is I, I I related to that so much, but I've never been able to articulate it. Is that right? Kinda, I don't think I ever have until I've seen it this time. That cerebral experience of like doing something, but knowing deep down like what I'm doing is just an escape or whatever, however you see it. And so like I'm I feel the same way when a movie ends. I'm kind of like. Like I can feel like a suction cup, like boom, boom. Like I'm back, yeah. at, I'm back into like, ah, shit. Like, That's why people like binging TV shows because it doesn't uh, fucking stop. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I, when I finish a movie, I'm like, all right, I can let me find another one immediately. Like, like when I, when I get into these modes, where I'm just watching. Yeah. Like, I mean, Connor and I, we like talk about that movies in one day. We like, talk about the whole time where it's like, do we give the right amount of time to a movie to like properly digest yeah. it? You but know, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really like watching a lot of horse shit though. Like, just like, all right, yeah. no, this movie's gonna suck. It's like, not a bunch of major ones. This yeah. stupid Netflix movie that came out last year and no one gave a shit about it. You know, yeah. like, like that. Just garbage. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's mostly garbage. It's mostly regurgitated horseshit. That's that's Just pretty much where that. we're at now. But we keep watching it for the hope of finding a matrix, finding some yes. awesome yeah. gem that we're going to keep for the rest of our lives. Yeah, which uh, ha- which happens sometimes. I put uh, I on movies that I'm like, rough. like I'm not going to care about at all, <laughs> and then you do find those gems, man. Yeah, it happens. It happens. And the Matrix is one of them. Um, all right, let's move on to the music stuff. The Inu Morricone, Connor. What do you got? Oh, uh, this goes to the final song of the movie, Wake Up by Rage Against the Machine. Yep. Great song, great moment, great you know, set, sign off for this movie. And I fucking love Rage. I mean, if you're going to pick a song to be, you know, against the establishment, against the, the system, you go Rage. It's pretty on the nose, but I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Wake up. Yeah. Let's go wake up. Yeah. yeah. This I, literally I, I ends with Zach DeLaRoga just screaming, Wake up. Song. 
before they heard it. <laughs> yeah. Wake up, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, it's probably a banger, and it's called Wake Up. So yeah, I chose the same thing. I think it's like such a perfect way to. I figured you were gonna do that. I I was, was gonna go with Club to Death. Uh, oh fuck, I love that song. Yeah, me too. It's just like such a fun like. Uh, it's a good one to just drive to like at night when you're just kind of like you know just cruising down the highway. But uh, yeah, Wake Up is like. Not only is it a cool song for the movie, it's also like to me one of Rage's total bangers that just hits every time. And uh, you know, I have no problem admitting that I just adore that band, and I'm I'm biased. So, oh yeah, I'll go with that as well. So, Car and I are on the same page. Jeremy, what do you got? Um, I I yeah, I like I said, I didn't really know. Like I'm not crazy about the the scores. It's by no means bad. And I actually think, like, it's probably a really influential score. Like, I bet you, like, I'm hearing this score, and I'm kind of like, oh, I've heard all this before. But, like, I very this very well could have been, like, influencing other movies. And, like, it just is such a part of my, like, headcanon that, like, I can't differentiate it. But, uh, so the whole time I was watching it, I was like, dude, I'm just not going to be able, I'm never going to be able to pick out one thing in this movie. So I was going to go with Dragula because they play like a club mix of Dragula when so during the club scene. Great club scene, by the way. Oh, yeah. You know, lots of leather. You know, yeah, yeah. Lots of white girls with dreads or whatever. I don't know. But, but you know, uh, uh, but then I got to the fucking, the lobby scene. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, and yeah. I realized something when I was watching the lobby scene. It's, I mean, like whenever I'm being just like goofy or whatever and pretending that I'm a slow mo action character shooting a bunch of guns, I was like, and I always do the, I I do this sound like the, you know what I'm talking about? Like I do that out loud and like in my head I can hear it, you know, but like no one else can. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? You know, right. But then I was like, this is it. This is this is where I got that from. Like so I gotta go with that. That quintessent, like, you know, he's just like, Oh, you got you got some some something made the metal detector go off and he's like he's like, Holy shit. You know? I love love all the guys in the Matrix are just like morons, like just like idiot people, like, hey, what are you doing? You know, he's got a gun. I love how he every time he he runs out of ammo, it's two more of the same. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that scene is fucking insane. The whole so thing, sick. slow motion, like just like I don't know, whatever material it is, flagstone or whatever, just flying everywhere. Uh, the the uh, what do they call it? the? There's clearly a lot of um. God damn it! Dry, drywall, drywall. I don't know. We're like even we the, are not architects. Even at the even at the end when they go on the, they go on the elevator, and the Krasies are like one more touch. It's like one more piece of the wall falls off. Falls off. Yeah, there's a <laughs> shot of the there's yeah. the room they just laid waste to. And yeah, uh-huh. I think that that song <laughs> is like the the like ultimate slow motion ridiculous amount of bullet scenes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So whatever that piece of scores is called so that's that's the, the scores by by the ding, 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 ding. you should play it lots of guns you should scenes. play it on uh the, the, the bass that's what's called guns more guns or more guns or, lots, or, lots, lot, or the lobby guns. you know uh so that's that's the score by don davis uh so car and i both want the the needle drop of rage but jeremy's going with don davis here uh and good pick i have nothing wrong with it 
Yeah, I definitely a great music moment in this movie. You know, our first real, you know, slow mo epic fight scene of the move of the franchise, really. Yeah. Yeah, good shit, good shit. Um, all right, here we go. This is big time. This is like a personality test. <laughs> the Philips Hoffman Award. Car and I have had so many interesting discussions about who wins the movie as far as performance goes. With the Matrix, we already talked about the individuals and we recasted them. So we have kind of shown our cards as far as how much we love all of them. But which one do we love the most? Connor, who's the PSH? Well, before I announce mine, I have actually been doing a personal project where I've been going back through all of our Oscar Sundays and pinpointing our selections for the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award and charting them just Love so that. I can see how many times we've been on the same page and where we've gone. And we have agreed a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I thought that was interesting. Well, this goes to Hugo Weaving. I, I'm in the same boat. Jeremy? Uh, it, there's only two. And for me, there's only two. There's not even a Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence and... Fishburne and Hugo Weaving. And uh, in the end, I, I got to give it to Fishburne. Oh, good. Okay. So we have some difference there. Um, he, yeah. Hugo, obviously, you know, Connor and I both chose like the big moment, yeah. his dialogue. At no, the end. I mean, he's, he's just lights out. It's uh, like what he like crafted. Like, I, cause I feel like he did a lot of work into, uh, well, this is y'all's pick, so I'll let you. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You you're right. I know. It. I know what you're going to say. Like he, he does. He, I mean, sure. Like the screenplay is 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 awesome, but I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that he was like, hey, um, I like I, I think I could do some things to turn this character up to eleven, and like let me let me do it, you know. And it's it's like it's so obvious. He's so fucking committed and so into that character. Uh, like I love Hugo Weaving. But uh, Agent Smith is by far and away one of the, like the cooler characters uh, of this era of movies, and like one of the coolest villains, and for sure my favorite Hugo Weaving performance. So, I, yeah, I just like there. There was no. I was. I was. I had. I freed my mind before the movie started as far as this award goes. But the whole time I was kind of like, yeah, it's it's fucking Hugo <laughs> Weaving. Yeah, I wrote down most of my awards before I even started the movie. Admittedly, like I know my favorite bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But Hugo Weaving, like the second we he shows up on screen, you know, arguing with that cop, is like, you know, give me that jurist my diction crap. That guy, I love that guy. But uh, <laughs> a great thing to say. But he just has presence from the second you see him. You're like, oh, okay, I think this is our bad guy. He just got that that it factor, that wow factor, that a great character actor has it makes a great villain and just gets better every time we see him um you know his little bathroom fight with morpheus where he like you know Dude. lets morpheus have one like one punch and he's like you know just grabs his arms and then just like lifts them up easily like he's doing so much so much great work in this I, yeah but larry fish super good as morpheus jeremy no. stay your case uh, i mean uh I, this time that I was watching it, I uh, I was thinking about like, but this is like the this is like the anime influence on this movie, but like, the it's just like a it's just like live action anime. Like, I was thinking about that constantly the whole time, and and of course it's a lot of the like the fight scenes, the fight animation, like choreography, like you know the way like Neo just is blocking all those hits, but like. 
this time I just I just keep thinking about how like there's so many shots that just look like anime character shit. Like like Morpheus just looks like a live action anime character and not in a really cheesy, shitty way, like with teased up hair and like like he just looks so fucking cool. And I mean that's just he was just born looking like that, I guess. And then they put leather jacket and round sunglasses on him, but like every fucking line he fucking delivers, man, like he, I mean, like, he is, like, he's our introduction into, like, the deeper world of the Matrix, you know? And just, like, I mean, you know, like, I, I don't know how much of his stunts he, he did. Uh, do you know, Connor? You read about no. any of that? I know the stunt team thing? on the Matrix films is, like, revered. Like, they are, like, really good guy, like, talented dudes. I know Keanu donated a lot of his salary to make sure that these guys got paid properly. So there I'm sure that, you know, I don't think Fishburne did a lot of his own stunts. I, I wouldn't imagine that you know, 38 year old Fishburne would be doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not jumping off of buildings or anything. I the what I guess the one scene that I was wondering if he like how much he actually did was that like when he's like doing the training sequence or whatever, which is a lot of like wire shit, you know, but like, yeah, I mean, whatever. It didn't seem like. I, I mean, I mean, that's the point is that you're not supposed to tell when they're not yeah. doing their own stunts. But just as far as like the physical performance is like the way he's sitting in that fucking chair when when Neo walks into the into the room and, he, and when they first meet, like I don't, I you know, like just the pitch of his fucking voice every time he talks. And I was talking earlier about how he rides that fine line between like a religious zealot and the sage, but then. But then also, like, this kind of, like, broken dude who just, like, you know, he just, like, wants, like, freedom, whatever the fuck that means. Like, he wants freedom for people. Like, he's 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 the he's the archetype of the freedom fighter, you know, like, the, the true believer, but also, like, also the one that he, like, led all these other people. Like, like we're led to believe that, I, I think in the second movie, it kind of opens up a little bit, but... You know, and and they're the same way you were talking about. You know, the level like Smith's character, like some of that lore and like cool shit about about Morpheus does come from uh, from the other films, but like that he is this like kind of shepherd character too, who's like led so many people out, and then just believes that he's found the one, and like nothing can change his fucking mind. Like, but he's also like even in the face of maybe knowing he's wrong, you know. He just never sways the course, you know, like no matter what, he's like, save Neo. And then Neo at the end, he's like, wants to tell him like, no, like we, we, we need, like we need Morpheus because the Oracle said that, that they need Morpheus. Like, I don't, and, and then you just get in this head. I mean, that's, we're more talking about the writing at that point, I guess, but like, or, or just the narrative itself. But uh, yeah, man, Lawrence Fishburne, like, I like he's, he's like one of my top 10 character like film characters of all time and uh in in no small part thanks to to Lawrence Fishburne man like so fucking rad <laughs> yeah like he's such a cool fucking character <laughs> yeah Lawrence Fishburne oozes style in this movie uh, well, I looked it, yeah. I looked it up and uh during that scene the training scene they uh Reeves and Fishburne did actually learn the moves and they did fight yeah. well okay the coolest thing Fishburne does in the matrix as much cool shit as he does and you guys you guys are gonna know what i'm fucking talking about is during that scene the combat training 
he does this backpedal thing. You know what I'm talking about? When he, he does, like, yes, he I know fucking, exactly what we're talking about. He like, you know, you know, like, like it's I, like boxing. Like, yes, yes. The thing he's doing is like a move that boxers do when they train. Yes, it's like a Muhammad Ali like foot, like yeah, footwork yeah. thing that he does. It's boxing. That's boxing footwork. It's, it's so fucking it's like boxing. It's boxing. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see it, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. like fuck yeah, like beat the shit out of fucking Neo. Like, let's, you know, like I, I have that kind of like, like I want the master to destroy, you yeah. know. You know, uh, stop trying to hit me and hit me. Yeah. Like, oh my god. And 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 not only that, like I think Jeremy, what you were kind of hitting on too, with like the writing does come into play with like Morpheus, like just the idea of him, not only like for Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne, but like the other characters, you know, Cipher and everybody else in Trinity, when they're watching him on the screen, and they're like, oh my god, Morpheus is fucking fighting Neo. Like this is. For, right. for for them, it's like the fucking Super Bowl, it's like, like that kind of like schoolyard thing. Like, yeah, like, hey, Morpheus and Neo are fighting. They're all like, oh, holy <laughs> shit, stumbling over. Because like they don't have and... any entertainment as far as that goes. So like, seeing Morpheus is the baddest dude they know. Exactly, and Neo is, and like, Morpheus thinks Neo the is the baddest dude yeah. ever. So it's just ah, dude, it is so sick. Like that, that whole, I don't know. Sometimes I, you know, like we're gonna bring in our deacons here in a minute. Sometimes I'm like, can I just pick the first 30 minutes of the movie? Because that, like, the introduction to to Neo and to this world when he's like opening up and he can learn jujitsu in two seconds, and then he goes in and, and, and like, then he says, "Let's see if you're ready." Yeah, no, like, he says, "I know kung fu." Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> kung fu. And he's like, "Show me." Yeah, like that. Show me. It's yeah, so, uh, it's so fucking sick. Like that's really what like. Yeah, all the philosophical stuff is really cool and all the kind of, you know, meta stuff that's going on. But at the end of the day, it's really fun watching like a mentor and, you know, and his, you know, an apprentice. That's his, that's his guy. Like, that's the guy he's trying to raise up to be to be Neo, to be the chosen one. It's just how it's so fucking fulfilling. And that's kind of why I walked away from this time watching. And I was like, man, just the relationship between them two is so cool. Uh and then the relationship of you know Smith to those two is sick. Like when when Smith sees Morpheus and his his teeth fucking show, he's like Morpheus. <laughs> like finally, I, oh, it's just ah, those like that's those, all he's wanted, man. Yeah, he's love, like I just want a fucking challenge, you know. Like ah, it's cool. I love when Smith like does that like Nosferatu rise, like mm-hmm. with you know just flies up <laughs> to, to like fighting stance and then fucks Morpheus up. Yes, so sick. Yeah, so yeah, man. Obviously, we can go yeah, on. That, that's the, that's the bathroom scene as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're no, in, the, the, they're in the walls where he's just dodging. He's just punching through the walls. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I love Morpheus. The, is like he's that like blood curdling scream he does before he dives through the fucking wall yes. onto Smith to save Neo. Like, yeah, that should. You can feel the strength rule. of this guy's beliefs in that scream. And yeah, it's, oh, great, man. Yeah, fan- that's a fantastic scene. Well, let's let's uh, segue segue into the Deacons, the best scene of the movie. Connor, what do you got? I've always loved when Neo and Smith finally confront each other in the train station and have that fight. I yeah. fucking love that fight because both of them are not really prepared for what's about to happen. Neo holds his own. Smith is surprised by that. Smith beats the shit out of him, but then it ends with you know Neo finally erasing his identity of Thomas Anderson for good, embracing the identity of Neo and Smith gets hit by that train and then immediately gets off the fucking train. And now it's a, now it's a chase. 
like it was it's so well done and so exciting and awesome yeah i I'm going to enjoy watching you die, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> I'm Neo. Yeah. Sh- shocker. That's that's also what I picked. So Connor and I on the same what? page here. Yeah. Man, this happens all the time. Four for four. No. Uh, we had. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I guess you, technically, the, yeah. Tarantino was different, but it's in the same scene. So technically, we're on the exact same page. This happens all the time, dude. This is why we need a third person. To come in and fucking spice it up because Connor and I are, are very similar when it comes to we, movies. Austin and I are like it's very difficult for us to debate because we're pretty much simpatico the whole time on on most of these. It's kind of funny. And and then and then when we do disagree, it's just like, yeah, cool, all right. Yeah. This is also you. <laughs> we're really yeah, good at convincing the other person that they're they got a good point. Yeah. Again. I, I've struggled with the Deacons a bunch throughout this podcast. It's like, do I pick a specific moment? Do I pick pick up like a stretch? Because like my favorite moment is, you know, the iconic fucking, you know, bang, like them floating and pointing guns at each other. And you're just like, finally, you mean when they like meet each other and they kind of grab each other that moment, yes, yeah. that, that like right there. Oh, that picture. Yeah, that yeah. picture of them. Yeah. It's, it's just so sick. You're like waiting for it the whole time. But like my favorite stretch of the movie is the beginning is when they, you know, like, all right, let's get Neo you know trinity gets him out to the club and yeah then well, he look, goes in like that whole bit is my favorite stretch of the movie but my favorite like four or five minute scene is that fight it's just one of the coolest all, like everything's on the table like connor said they're both kind of like holy shit this guy's better than i thought and like you you're watching michael jordan versus michael jordan type thing it's awesome it's always like you know, nobody gives me the finger, Mister Anderson. It's like there's there's yeah. a there's a personal vendetta here that doesn't quite make sense yet. You just feel it, <laughs> and it's yeah, very it's cool, very cool. Jeremy, what'd you go? With? Um, I went with the the kung fu like training scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The I mean the sorry we just talked about that scene. <laughs> no, no, it's no, it's all good. But that I I love that scene so much, like. Yeah, I, I I was so I'm I'm I was back and forth between uh well the first time you actually told me about these awards when you were just telling me about this new show that you were doing back whenever you started, um, I thought when you said cinematography I thought it was like a kind of like shot, yeah. So like yeah. my shot for this movie would be Neo in the reflection of Morpheus's glasses, yeah. with the pills, like you know that's that yeah you know yeah. or just the just that shot of him with the glasses got that gap in his teeth and he's just like. You know, hands behind his back, like you know, just when he's explaining stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that, the, the the training scene is so fucking cool. Like, I, I one of the things I thought about doing when I was watching this for this podcast, like, because I was pretty sure I was like, I'm gonna, that's probably gonna be my Deacon scene. Uh, was fi- trying to figure out, like, see if someone online had like cataloged every single like martial arts stance. Because they keep, like, every time they square up, they do, like, different stances, yes. you know? Yeah. And I'm wondering if, like, that's all, like, actual. Because, like, they also see, they're, it's like, they're, like, kendo, kickboxing, like, Muay Thai, like, like when, he, when he's uploading all the different martial arts styles into his head. Because he gives him, what does he give him? Uh, like, jujitsu, right? Jiu-Jitsu is the first. Yeah. And, then he, and he's like, whoa. He's like, hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> he's like, want more? <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Hank's like, you like that shit, yeah. huh? And then later, <laughs> like Morpheus is like, how's he doing? And he's like, he's like he's 10 hours straight. He's a machine, man. <laughs> dude, dude, Tank does that thing where he's like, 
fucking eating like fucking candy and he's like, oh man, I'm a fucking, <laughs> oh man, I'm a hacker. I'm fucking logged in, baby. I love when yeah, he's like, you know, uh, we got to uh, do these, like, we got to upload these programs first, but that's major boring shit. So how about boring? Yeah, boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, throwing them away. Like, <laughs> that's brilliant. Skips the basics, goes straight yeah. to jujitsu. Well, the, that, that's, so that's Tank, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tank, yeah. Tank is breaks like every fucking rule. Yeah. He, he immediately goes in there. He's like, Morbius told us not to talk to you about this, but I wouldn't do it anyway. <laughs> You're one, right? <laughs> and Neo's like, what? And he's like, Zion, very exciting time. Very exciting time. It's a fucking shame that that actor didn't come back for uh, for mm-hmm. uh, Reloaded, man. Well, he wanted too much money. Is that all it was? Yeah, he was like, I'm a, I'm an important part of this franchise. I want as much money as the major players. And they were like, no. And replaced him with the guy <laughs> like from Lost. Like, he wanted as much money as, like, Keanu? Yeah. Yeah, he and- wanted, like, fourth billing, like, big money. And... Warner Brothers was like, no, nah, nah. it's cheaper to just replace you with Harold Perrineau. <laughs> with the who guy from fine. fucking Lost, man. Yeah. <laughs> Link. Link, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm Tank's cousin, <laughs> and he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> if A, A, if they just would have casted fucking Chris Tucker from the beginning, you know? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Bitch, I'm trying to find you. I can't go. Yeah. Boring shit. (laughs) Bobby's wants me to get you started on the training program. He doesn't do that. That's great, man. Him interacting with Morpheus. Morpheus just just like trying to say just like super wise shit. He's like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Morpheus would have to do what Samuel Jackson does in Jackie Brown. Fucking drive him out to the parking lot and fucking kill his ass. We had to take Tank in a different direction. (laughs) He wasn't in line with the one and the play. All right, yeah. we don't, you know, I feel like we haven't talked nearly enough about uh, Carrie Ann Moss, though. Yet, yeah. We haven't given her enough. She didn't show up at any of our awards. The cool, one of the cool, I mean, like the opening Can we of give her Carrie running Moss some awards. Carrie Ann Moss, like the opening of her kind of you know running. The opening. When, when yeah. Agent Smith's like, they're already dead. The <laughs> orders were for your protection. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that shit is epic. So, yeah, man, I agree with you. I think Trinity is obviously super vital. And uh, Connor, before we get to the to the ceremony, Jeremy and I were talking about they don't really give a whole lot of time like plot to cypher becoming like you know like fucking disinterested and everything that's going on and then my other like kind of picking nit thing would be they don't really, really hammer home the love story it's just all of a sudden like between trinity and neo or yeah for me anyway i don't know about you guys but no i know it's, it's only a two-hour movie but like i feel like there's, at the there's, end there's... she's fucking like bawling like Please don't die. You know, like, oh, you know, I knew I was going to fall in love with the one. You're the one because I'm in love with you. It's like, well, what were the steps leading to love? You know, like, like, it's not really there. I don't think they're they're like, when you think about it, there's so much fucking shit in this movie. And it really doesn't ever feel that way. Other than these kind of small things like, yeah, that they didn't really. Oh, I don't really that's care. Also from like other things I've watched through Okowski's like that's a problem for them sometimes is, is they don't like things just are already are the way they are. And that's it. Shut up. That's you know? right. it's, it's a movie bitch. Yeah. 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 And then there's like, there's like a lot of like 
for the length. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, for ninety nine, this movie was long as fuck. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. Like, it seems really common for movies to be that or no, longer. They say they say the sweet spot from you know the sixties to now. The sweet spot for like a great movie is typically two hours and fifteen minutes. The Matrix is two hours and sixteen minutes. How about that? How about that? Good stuff. I disagree. Yeah, the sweet really, spot's I'm... like an hour thirty to an hour forty-five. Yeah, but think about how many movies you love that are not that are longer than an hour and thirty. True, but you got to <laughs> earn. You got to earn my respect if you're going to be that long. If you're going to be a Correct. long ass movie, you better be amazing. That's the point, is that the movies that do cross that threshold, typically, if they're like an, two hours to two hours and 15 to two and a half hours, I, think about how many movies you love that are like you hold dearly that are that are probably a little longer than most. Fair enough. In in regards to your to your nitpicks, I do think there is something to be said for the, you know, the Wachowski's idea of like, you know, this story has been happening a lot for a while without yeah. Neo. Like we we're just seeing Neo's involvement here. Perspective. But prior yeah. to that, you know, Trinity's been told by the Oracle, the man you're going to fall in love with is the one. And then Morpheus brings this guy on. He's like, he's the one. So Trinity's already got it. And there's in her head, like, Oh, I'm going to love this love guy. At first sight. Well, so okay. She, he's a good looking guy. Love at first sight. He's yeah, cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah. It's Keanu Reeves. Like who wouldn't. And <laughs> And I also would. Cypher. Ethan Hawke? I would. I definitely would. <laughs> and Cypher, since day one, since the day Morpheus pulled him out, has been like, what the fuck is this, you lying son of a bitch? So he's been festering about this for a long time, and now we see him act on it. So we're entering a world that is existing without our involvement, and we just kind of have to get on board with you know the okay. latest so kind of what you're saying, Jeremy, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I mean, so the the thing with Cipher that we're kind of just like, I, there's no like really fanfare of his betrayal. Like he's just the next scene. He's just yeah betraying them. Like I, just, I actually kind of like how quick it is because it's just like we're not slowly. It's not this big like scene where it's like, oh no, Cipher betrayed them. It's just like, oh, we just like already kind of know he's a dirtbag. Like yeah, from the second you see him. Well, like yeah. you just know yeah. that he's probably of all shit. of all the actors that are a part of that crew. You're like that guy. <laughs> that guy's the fucking rat. Yeah, Joe Pantoliano yeah. just plays a sl- a sleazy looking son of a bitch so well. We've seen that yeah. so many times. So yeah, just his his casting alone tells us like he's gonna be the guy who fucks us up. <laughs> he's yeah. gonna be the yeah. one who yeah. And That's they don't bad. really have time to react to his betrayal because they have to immediately save Morpheus. Correct. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, those are fair, fair, uh, you know, counterpoints to kind of, I think the main thing is like, sometimes with movies, you do have to just realize you're jumping into a particular time and place of the story yeah. uh, from, from Neo's perspective. So yeah, I mean, yeah, look, man, I still give this movie five stars, 10 out of 10. I love this shit so much. I, I feel like we have been wanting to do this episode for so long and it's finally here and uh, <laughs> it's been fun guys. Uh Doing these awards was fucking sick. I feel like we touched on a lot of cool stuff. And is there anything else about like those awards that y'all want to touch on before we move to the ceremony? I just want to talk about real quick <laughs> <laughs> when Trinity says, 
when Trinity shoots the agent in the head and says, dodge this, because we need to talk about that. Sick. Or when she swings, I just think we need to talk about Trinity more. You're like, anything Trinity. Yeah. I'm just saying, we didn't talk about her that much. And I've been looking at her picture on the number. Well, like, look at this. None of us had her as the PSH. None of us had her in the Tarantino or the Deacons. So it just kind of just kind of happened. Uh, but I do think the opening scene in the movie is just so fucking important with her running. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, that's not a human, you know, like, or they're not a normal human. Um, you know, fucking Carrion Moss is just fucking sprinting, doing crazy shit, running on roofs and jumping across, you know, buildings. And it's such a vital piece to the movie for you to kind of jump into this world, you okay. know, head first. All right. So there's your Trinity talk. I just yeah. wish we just get she didn't get what she was owed. We, we just got to talk about Trinity more, you know? Uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Dodge this. No, no, yeah, that is what a, a fucking thick thing. line. That was used, um, I think the game, the rapper of the game, he used that as... Uh, like just a clip on one of his... On one songs. of his songs. Dodge this. And then, yeah, go, I think it... Um, I can't remember the, the song's called. I know it's on the LAX album from like 2008. But yeah, I always was like, that's so fucking sick. <laughs> the game used the dodge this and then the the beat starts and i was i always thought that was cool but yeah um let's jump into the 72nd academy awards there's four 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 categories and four wins for the matrix all technical yeah but yeah who gives a shit these are these are fun categories for us so um let's start with visual effects um Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, visual effects. The Matrix takes the win, beating Star Wars Episode 1. <laughs> Stuart Little. Shut up. Stuart Little. Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Oh, Stuart Little. And, and Stuart Little. See what the Hawk meant? Whoa. Can't go over. <laughs> do you, do you want to make your case for Stuart Little winning visual effects? Stuart Little should have won the Deacons, bro. <laughs> The scene with the hawk. Jonathan well, Blipnicki's there. We can do Stuart Little on the show anytime we I want. I don't it's want right to. Here. I love that we can yeah. if we want to. Lip, Lipnicki was nominated for Best Actor. And Michael J. Fox, know. who plays Stuart. That, that gets me on board right there. He's fucking killing it, man. Yeah. Guy's commentary plays the gangster cat, Smokey. Remember that? Who? Have you guys seen Stuart Little? Oh yeah, no, who who yeah. plays the cat? Yeah, oh, Chaz Palminteri. Uh, okay, a Bronx Tale, Bullets yeah. Over Broadway. Yeah, I love that. There's a gangster cat who's like, "What are you doing here, huh? <laughs> like, this is our town. What are you, what are you bringing that mouse in here for?" <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, Stuart Little being nominated at the Oscars is is like a reason to always pay attention to the Oscars because you never fucking know. I am always. Happen. With you Stuart Little, I have always up. felt horrible for every every kid in that orphanage who was turned down over a goddamn mouse. <laughs> like the p- two parents walk in there, like I want to find a brother for my son, and they adopt a mouse over all these sweet children who well, they could have just are never going to get parents. Mouse. They could have taken the mouse and a kid. Like the mouse didn't they, take up any space. I guess because he could talk, you know. Yeah. The, the, like the, no clothes. one ever talks about that. The mouse can talk clearly. So can the cat, but never in front of the people. And also the mouse is clearly like a 40-year-old man. 
It's Michael J. Fox. (laughs) There's so many issues with Stuart Little that never get talked about. And I feel like we have to do it on this show to voice those concerns. Okay. Okay. Maybe one day, Stuart Little. Imagine giving out a PSH to Stuart Little. Yeah. Flip Nicky. (laughs) Yeah. Jonathan. Gina Davis, the mom in that movie. Yeah. And Hugh Laurie's the dad. Yeah. So, yeah. And Nathan Lane is is their cat. Oh, man. I, yeah. That's great. I love that movie as a kid. I had it on tape. And there, and it's and it's up against Star Wars Episode One, Phantom Menace, and, and The Matrix. Like, holy shit! For visual effects, is what you're talking about. Yes, talk about 1999. I, th- I don't think it should be here. I think you know, like, why is the Mummy or Sleepy Hollow not taking that third spot? Why Stuart Little? Uh, I mean, is I it just the mouse? That. Yeah, that mouse looks so good. They're dude. Like, dude, they just went over. <laughs> Just, they really outdid themselves with the fucking Michael J. Fox, man. Like, why did we put this on? Have you seen the mouse with his little corduroy pants? <laughs> his button down? Oh, he's adorable. He fucking kills it, man. Oh, he's uh, like, so you're telling me? So, you're telling me I'm a talking mouse? And you're going to adopt me? I, I'm, I'm giving my vote to the Matrix on this one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, yeah. It's not really, not really. Much yeah, better. some of the visual effects in Phantom Menace are don't hold not up. very good. They do not hold up. Some of them are great, but some of them are not yeah. good at all. One. All right, moving on from visual effects to sound effects editing. There's three movies in this category. The Matrix got the win, beating Fight Club. And Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Fight Club, famously, this is the only Oscar nomination that it got. The David Fincher borderline masterpiece. Uh, Connor and I did that movie a long time ago. Long, long time ago. One of our, I, like, probably like 10th, 11th, or 12th episode ever on Oscar Sunday. I'd love to find a way to redo it one day, just so we give awards to it. But anyways, sound effects editing just having the three movies where are you guys at with this you know do you give it to the matrix or, or are you going elsewhere i think somebody got snubbed <laughs> and it features a talking it, mouse and it's Stuart fucking little <laughs> that movie it's it's like the you know it's like a five-year-old got dropped off at the wrong school and it's a high school <laughs> yeah yeah uh basically i also think it's funny that we could do all 11 live action Star Wars movies on this podcast, but we never fucking will. <laughs> I just, I know how much Austin despises Star Wars. <laughs> well, but all of them are, are nominated, but it's just like, nope. <laughs> well, here's the thing I've wanted to do a Star Wars, like, I want to do the first Star Wars. Because it was up for a bunch of shit. No, if you're going to do one Star Wars, you do Empire. No, 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 no. no. Nah, That's you not do how we do it on here. It's not how we do it on here. If they're all nominated, <laughs> you start at the beginning, and you move your way through it. So, like, we did Batman Begins. Eventually, we're going to do Dark Knight, and then we're, you know, eventually move forward. With the Bourne movies, Identity and Supremacy weren't nominated for anything, so we had to do Ultimatum. Pirates of the Caribbean, we started with uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Connor and I all already said we're going to do Dead Man's Chest and at World's End at some point. Uh, Back to the Future, we already did one and two in a row. We had to do them in order. 
You know what I'm saying? That's the way we do it so we can have like an ongoing conversation. So with Star Wars, I've been waiting for them to release like a like a real big movie. And I don't know when that's happening, but (laughs) I would love to talk my shit about Star Wars because I do. I like let's see, you said there was 11 of them. Yeah, the nine episode ones and then Rogue One and Solo. Okay, Solo, not for me. I like Rogue One. I like Force Awakens. You know, I think it's pretty good. Uh, the other two, not so much. The the more recent ones, not not like they're not for me. Um, I I could I could talk about how much I hate those movies. Yeah, they're bad. For uh, like hours. The first episode four, five, and six, I think, are all like decent. I think they're you know they're, they're like I get why they're like super popular. And then there's like fun things about episode one, two, and three. Like prequels, Darth Maul is fucking sick, right? You know, like like those those things do matter, and they're like they're fun. But like overall, I don't fucking get it. Like I don't get why people fucking die on that hill. But that's just not me. You know what I'm saying? Like I die on the Mighty Ducks hill, and those movies suck. So like I, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's fine. Like that's just the way it is. Like you just get attached to certain things, and with Star Wars, it happens to be a large large chunk of the population uh, that gets attached to them. So no, Connor, I want to do it, man. Trust me, I would love to do <laughs> Star Wars proper, uh, and like that way you could kind of state your case because I know you really like them, but you also kind of get where I'm coming from to an extent. Yeah. You're kind of in the middle, and then there's like the crazy, wacky fans who are like, "Well, see, a cult. They're a cult." I like them as mov- I like them as movies, not a way of life. I want to be <laughs> exactly. on the uh, I want to be on the Revenge of the Sith episode. Sweet specific specifically 2005 yeah yeah see like i remember seeing that one theaters and being like this is fine it's not like a great movie but i'm having fun i was like my jaw was open the whole time like oh my god it's the fall of the jedi i was psyched (laughs) the whole time i was like no i i I, like i've rewatched i mean i rewatched all those movies uh i i keep trying to rewatch the prequel trilogy and i just oh man i just it's it's hard it's a slog See, yeah, I grew up with them. I they're I have fond childhood memories of the. Oh, I know. Stuff. I mean, uh, yeah. the sequels. Sorry, the sequels. Oh yeah, those. Yeah, not really. Uh, I keep trying to rewatch it, but um, I know I'm like I think I think Revenge of the Sith, like, is actually a pretty good movie, and there's so many bad things about all three of those movies, but like, I mean that that, that climactic like fight on Mustafar, you know. The score just soaring, man. Like that's one of the things about that entire franchise is the score is like yeah, one of my favorite fucking sure. some of my favorite film nine in the nine movies. John Williams never phoned it in. He always gave an incredible he went, score. He went hard as fuck man. every like, time. He never recycled. It was always something new that felt like another piece of the Star Wars puzzle. He's the fucking unsung hero of that franchise. Yeah. Well said. Well, I, I love how we went on that whole thing. Do yeah. you give Do you give Phantom Menace sound effects editing? Oh, then? not at all. That doesn't deserve anything. It one hundred percent goes to the Matrix. <laughs> I just wanted that to be known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think it. it's. I mean, I mean, I don't. I I think the sound. I think the sound is fine in in the in Phantom Menace, but I mean, the, with the other the other one is Fight Club. I know. Mean, no, no, I don't. Why the fuck is Fight Club even there? I mean, it's not like it's sound effects editing wasn't was okay. bad, but it's like you know, this is something that's like, I, I mean, dependent. 
the Matrix is like, you know, I mean, it's, it's talking about when you watch like Dark Knight, like everything sound like one of the things that I'll never talk shit about with those movies is like everything sounds so fucking great, man. Like, well, like just like the, the sounds his gadgets make, you know, and that's the thing with the yeah. Matrix is like all these like machines and whirring, clicking things and like, you know, the sound of like, you know, fucking Morpheus getting his shit punched in, you know, like it, it, like yeah. Matrix the fight noises like, are awesome. Like, you know, the like whip noise that like all the punches have. Like, I've yeah, never heard yeah, that in yeah. any other movie. That's a very unique sound of the Matrix. Yeah, it wasn't um, that kind of thing that, like, that just, like, blowing into the microphone kind of punch sound. Yeah. But Star Wars also, you know, Phantom Menace has that pod racing scene, which is beautifully, like, sounds beautiful and is really cool. Hell yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that, I think that movie sounds great, but I, I don't think either one can touch the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I'm with you on that. And now that's a good way to get into best sound five movies in this category real real random we have the matrix with the win beating the green mile the insider both best picture nominees there or yeah yeah the green yeah. right the green mile mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i yeah, know the insider those. is because actually i actually i don't know what the insider is i know the green no mile the, insider, the insider is. Yeah, they both are yeah so uh, i was looking at it about ones that i didn't want to rewatch, and green mile is one of them dude the insider fucking rules uh, I've never even heard of that movie, dude. Michael Mann, come on, <laughs> yeah, it's oh, come you would, on. I never. You would it. love it. You would love it. I like Michael Mann, but uh, yeah, Russell Crowe, Al Pacino. Al Pacino turns it up like I've never even fucking heard. Dude, of you have to see The Insider. It's sick. Uh, anyways, it also beat The Mummy and Star Wars Episode One. The, the Mummy. Menace. What? I I actually might give this to The Mummy. Really? Me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Imhotep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Imhotep. Uh, we when did it, this movie not that long ago, like yeah. a couple months ago. When it comes to sound design, I I want original, unique noises I'm only going to hear in that movie. And while you get that in The Matrix, you also get it tenfold in The Mummy with the roars and the plane noises and the scarabs. And it's just it's very unique sounds to that movie. And I, you know, I have fierce loyalty to that film. So I will I will give it to The Mummy. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm curious to hear what you say about this one. Best film editing. Now, best film editing, if you do like a lot of research, typically, and this year is a great case for it, typically a chunk of the movies that are up for film editing will transfer over to to best picture, right? So here we have The Matrix winning best film editing, beating best picture winner, American Beauty, best picture nominee, The Satterhouse Rules, best picture nominee, The Insider, and Best Picture nominee, The Sixth Sense. The only one that's missing is The Green Mile. Hmm. The Matrix replaces it. This is fascinating because, yes, I give it to The Matrix for Best Film Editing. Why was it not up for Best Picture? Like, what the Is it fuck? sci-fi? The don't nominate films like that. You know the Academy. Yeah, you know the Academy. <laughs> they... The genre film. You get one every, like, decade. But 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 the thing is is like the Matrix not only like like four four nominations yeah, like being John Malkovich is nominated though right Isn't it for that? directing yeah oh, that's kind uh, of the best picture best picture is these five right here so like the Matrix not only was it like like Fight Club was given fucking like pennies like here you go bitch like here you take your take your stuff and move on the Matrix was up for four and won all of them like why why not go the extra mile 
and I don't know, take out the shitty fucking movie that Cider House Rules is and move the Matrix into Best Picture. I don't know. I have a lot of issues. 1999 is such a powerful year, yet the Best Picture group is not very powerful. Well, Michael Caine has to give a shitty main accent and perform those abortions or, you know, what else? Like, things could go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, what that's about. what the Oscars love. What? The Oscars that's what the Cider House Michael Rules King. is about. I, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's not good. Not yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. It's it's clear genre bias. I mean, that's the only explanation for why The Matrix wasn't up for Best Picture. It's a great movie. But I mean, but, but, like, but the Sixth Sense, Green Mile, and Sixth Sense both yeah. have like well, fantasy elements. Gr- yes, they do. Green Mile is very much a drama first, and a fantasy movie second. And Sixth Sense is kind of barely a horror film. Like, yeah, no, it, that's a good point. Yeah, good point. it's 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 an it's more drama, so I think the Oscars were more willing to give that more stuff. You know, if if it had been like I don't know, like what, what Sleepy Hollow, for instance, which is way more of a more traditional horror film, that got some you know technical nominations, but it wasn't getting any of the big stuff. I mean, okay, I love Sleepy Hollow, but I I, I probably wouldn't have it up for Best Picture either. Why would it either? It's just an, it's just a for instance. I, I just think the Matrix like like should break that. Like I think it's it that good. Yeah, it should break. It should break that barrier of like, oh, you know, let's let's only nominate movies like American Beauty that are dramas and like trying to tell a story about an American family. I, like, well, they and they come I think on, they've been doing that. It seems like they've been doing that a little more. Like, well, now they've got ten. Like, well, I don't know how long it's yeah. been. It feels like it's been ten years that they've had. Yeah, you know, nine or ten. Then two thousand nine. Yeah. I want to say so they're nominating shit like fucking Black Panther, or whatever. Like, well, I mean, well, like, now they got to fill slots. Like now, it doesn't seem that you know special anymore. Uh, you yeah, fill yeah. yeah, I don't really, yeah. I don't really get the ten fucking no. movies thing. No, Connor and I have always said like five, five is the way to go. Well, Exclusivity. It's, it's definitely just a way to like to you know. Throw throw a fucking bone to more shit. Yeah, hundred percent. So like, if they were doing ten this year, Matrix definitely would have gotten nominated. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, I, I feel like everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once is like a a Matrix kind of like is a. I don't. I, I I definitely can't say that its effect is the same now as as like Matrix was then because I think that like. Everything everywhere all at once is like taken from the Matrix and like was influenced by it, but like it was, I mean, or I guess more so was influenced by. I mean, there was movies that influenced the Matrix that, like, yeah, you know, Michelle Yeoh was part of, but like, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I think they're they're starting to show a little more love towards uh, well, I feel like, like. What is the what is the best picture nominees for for this year? Like uh, Tar, Top Gun, Triangle of Sadness, The Women Talking, Avatar. Connor, help me out. Uh, Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, uh, everything I really wants. Um, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. I feel like yeah. I'm missing a couple. There's two. There's two fucking minutes. The Fablemans. The Fablemans. Fablemans. Yeah. Let me see what else. If you missed anything here. And uh, best picture. Elvis. Elvis. That that was a that was the outlier. Yeah. Good job. 
so so no yeah jeremy i see what you're saying like every time i roll once is definitely like representing for like genre fans and people are like i want to go see a different weird kind of movie with real like really good actors that are playing like real you know they're, they're character actors you know michelle yo and jamie lee curtis you know doing their thing and it definitely speaks for like an audience and i love that i do think however during this year i think if it were only five movies i still think everything all at once would be up for it because it has a lot going for it right now like it i, I wouldn't be surprised if it fucking won you know, yeah. uh, I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm I doubling down. I think it's, it's going to win. Yeah, I, like it's Vegas odds are like, they're like the best. Like they're they're the top spot right now. Uh, I think like the typical choice is Tar because Tar like swept all the Critics' Choice Awards. Tar has like destroyed. Tar has done what only like four movies have ever done. It's won like the New York Film Critics uh, Choice, the Los Angeles, you know, it's like won all these huge awards that very rarely do movies sweep that whole thing, but it was weird when I saw that. I didn't think like, oh, this is a best picture contender. I, I, when I watched it, I was like, I want this motherfucker to win. I know. I never, <laughs> I never even think of that much. I, I think, I think it was more like, oh, she should win. I definitely yeah. didn't think this film should win. Kate Blanchett yeah. and Michelle Yeoh is one of the coolest fucking races of all time. Like, I if- hope people don't take it for granted. If ever again there was going to be a Hepburn Streisand tie again, this is the year I would want it. Hundred percent. This is like take two thousand seven. Javier Bardem wins for Best Supporting Actor, No Country for Old Men. Daniel Day Lewis wins for Best Actor for There Will Be Blood. It would be like those two fuckers going against each other in the same category. You're like, oh god, like and yet any other year, like these guys would win the gold no matter what, you know. And they happen to be both the best lead actress. They both have these awesome, long, illustrious careers. Uh, yeah, I think I think it is fascinating. Back to like the point of genre films, and like you look at the past when they only had five movies, it was like, okay, where is the place for genre films, right? I, I just. I, I, I just don't like want to make up excuses. Like I, I know the Academy is the Academy and they've like that. They, like they're going to, they're going to Oscar. They're going to do their thing. Yeah. But it's like, man, this 1999 group could have been American beauty, the matrix Magnolia. You know, they could have like nominated really special, special movies being, being John Malkovich, you know, they could have left the sixth sense in there and you would be like, you'd look back and you'd be like, yeah, that was a pretty good fucking Oscar year. Well, traditionally, like, you know, prior to like the 2000s, if a, if a film was a genre film was going to be nominated for Best Picture, it had to be a definitive game changer, like Star like Wars, Jaws. for instance. Jaws, Star But even with Star Wars, it's like clearly George Lucas did a lot for that, you know, with that film. His direction is incredible. He should have gotten that directing award, but he lost to Woody Allen for Annie Hall. Like, that's bullshit. But Star Wars was cool. It was successful. It was neat, but it wasn't, you know, Academy material. And they they knew it. It was like you can sit here, but you're not one of us. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing, right? Is like that's why people who like genre films are like, yeah, like neat. I like when people, you know, they'll like they'll admit a lot of genre fans will admit, hey, I like celebrating film, but not when you exclude us. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, like I totally get it. I listened to the episode that um, Josh stepped in for me and y'all did Broken Lance and he kind of spoke to like his frustrations 
And like, I think he thought I was like against him. I'm like, I'm in total agreement. I think it is absurd how over the years we haven't nominated more. Like, why is Jurassic Park not up for Best Picture? <laughs> like, what are we doing? That's like the most memorable movie from 1993. Complete game changer. Well, when you were talking about memorable, like this, this these movies are just like they're stinkers. They're kind of like, meh. Like, I like I people I, make people make the joke about Sixth Sense all the time. You know, yeah, that's a pretty memorable. I mean, thing. okay, like, I like the American, Sixth Sense. American Beauty is like a. It's a good movie. Whatever. I like I like American Beauty. I mean, it's forever marred because like Kevin everything Spacey. Kevin Spacey ever touched is marred now. Like, but uh, I I mean I don't think Sixth Sense is that great. I don't I, think I'm actually I, I actually would call myself a Shyamalan fan and like I don't know, man. Yeah, I okay. I agree with you to an extent. Like, I like the Sixth Sense. I think it's a solid movie. Eight out of ten. Like, solid, solid movie. I don't know if it's like a movie I would call like one of the five best from the year, but I wouldn't say that about the Green Mile, Satterhouse Rules, or The Insider, or maybe even American Beauty. You know well, what I'm saying? All of these that we've done, you know, especially the showdowns, getting to w- look at all the nominees from a certain year, I've realized that most of the films that the Academy has nominated for Best Picture are good, but so few of them are great. So few of them have the longevity to deserve to be there. And I don't really know where that stems from. Maybe it's the Academy looking at 15-minute clips. Again, I'm going to keep bringing that yeah. up. It's fucking <laughs> unbelievable. But I don't know. I just, you know, I don't really know how much longer it'll be there. You know, viewership drops every year. Eventually, yep. we're going to lose the Oscars. And yeah. the legacy that we have thus far is going to be what's left. And I just, I want it to be reflective of the culture that's watching these films yeah no i i I wholeheartedly agree with you i think i don't know if the oscars will go away like the academy will go away but like the show will definitely go away the the awards probably will. yeah like the show as we know it like being like a sunday night primetime television on abc you know show you know fucking hosted by some of the biggest baddest comedians you know of all time like i i don't know if that's going to be be around forever you you know you know what decade you can look at <laughs> and you can and you can actually say wow they they nominated some good good great movies it's the 70s yeah there it is <laughs> it's the fucking 70s man you look at the best picture winners from that decade pretty much all of them are awesome you know, knockouts, Patton, fucking sick. French Connection, fucking sick. Godfather, I come on. The Sting, Godfather Part Two, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, you know, Annie Hall, Deer Hunter, Kramer vs. Kramer. The weakest group of that, the weakest movie of that group is probably Annie Hall. And that movie's fine. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's that's saying a lot. So like I, I think at one point they had there was a, a meeting of the minds. There was a What's popular is also what's good. What's highbrow is also popular, you know? So it was just kind of like a perfect mesh. And that's what, you know, that's what we're going to be going there next, next weekend. Um, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about the China syndrome, 1979 nominated for four Oscars, a movie that I I've, I've adored for a long time now. And I've wanted Connor to see really bad starring Jack Lemmon, Michael Douglas, Jane fucking Fonda. I can't wait. 
to do this movie. It's one of those random seventies movies that I, I just can't, I just can't wait to kind of dig into. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but on film guys, on Wednesday, what do we got? We got Wolf. <laughs> uh, random pick from the book. A lot of those coming up and uh, basically Jack Nicholson gets bit by a werewolf, gets super horny and uh, chaos ensues. So I'm in. I'm in for that. I don't really know much about it beyond that. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm waiting for, you know, next couple of days. I like to watch it as soon, like up against the recording as I can. So it's fresh. Yeah. Uh, if it's like a first time watch. Yeah. 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 And yeah, Wolf, you know, it's Jack. I'm always down for more Jack. So bring it on. Yeah. Jack Nicholson's one of those guys that you just all go in blind. I don't give a fuck. Like he, he's one of those guys. So uh, that's good for Filmgasm. Uh, there's no fake true stories this week. So we got Filmgasm. Uh, what's on the Beyond the Bad? Beyond the Bad, we're going Sandler, and we're looking at the Waterboy. Uh, what? It's I, I have to defend this to everybody I talked to about this. I, Isabel had the same reaction. Okay. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. I know it's critically. I mean, a lot <laughs> of his movies are destroyed, but yeah. I want to be on that. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Waterboy is uh, you know a favorite among fans, but critics eviscerated it, and we're gonna kind yeah. of reclaim it. Caleb says it's hilarious. It's my first time with the movie. I've never seen the Waterboy. What? I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Waterboy is like one of his lesser movies. It's 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 <laughs> bottom tier, like great era Sandler. Like it's not. It's no fucking Gilmore. It's no yeah. Big Daddy. It's no Billy Madison. But it is funny. I put it on the same tier as like Wedding Singer, I, I, Fifty I, First Dates. The older I get, I, the less I like it. I still like the Water Boy. I still, I still like Happy Gilmore as much as I did the first time I saw it. Oh, the ha- Happy Gilmore is like a Water perfect. Boy slowly gets worse. You know, my equivalent of Water Boy is that I really love is Little Nicky. Like Little um, Nicky, yeah, I fucking yeah. love Little Nicky. Some people I liked Little Nicky when I was a kid, and then I watched it as an adult, and I'm like, I was a fucking idiot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Nicky. I still like Little Nicky, like, but uh, not because it's fucking good. Kathy Bates and Waterboy. Yes, yes. Fucking yeah. As his mom, come on. Fucking yeah. awesome. And then his I don't know his what's his love interest name. I can't fucking remember. I like the love interest too. It's it's the voice he does. You can do it. Yeah, I I yeah I just I, I just like a lot of a lot of stuff. That I don't happens. like his like ah Bobby Boucher like hey, Bobby, I, come on Bobby. Water <laughs> sucks. It really really sucks. Yeah, it's too much about that movie. I don't know. Yeah, but Kat, Kathy Bates. Anyways, Prime. Y'all are doing Waterboy on Beyond the Bad. We are, um, and also, um, provided all goes well, the next week, uh, Isabel and I will be recording the fifth fake true stories on the Amityville Horror, which we nice. will be releasing the following week. Looking forward to that big time. We both agree it is a bullshit story, but we are looking forward to finding out how everybody started to believe it. I like that. That's what the podcast is built for. So we got Wolf, Waterboy, China Syndrome, and possibly Amityville Horror for fake true stories next week. Good, good fucking lineup there. I love it. Uh, guys, this has been a blast. I love, love talking about these kind of iconic movies where the conversation just fucking goes where it needs to go. Jeremy, thank you for being here, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks, my, thanks for having me. My brother. It was fun. It was cool. Uh, we'll definitely need to get you on sooner than later for 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 an episode. Maybe Stuart Little. Fuck. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> we'll pick a movie you actually like. Oh, I uh, love that movie. It should have won. <laughs> should have won Best Picture. Yeah. The fact that it wasn't nominated is a 
fucking crying. Yeah, god damn it. Uh, follow us on fucking uh, the socials, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Filmgasm. Look on the website. Follow me and Connor on uh, on the old letterbox. We got uh, Connor95, and unfortunately, you got to look me up as Austin Johnson. And that's, on, you know, I, I, need to, I need to fucking change my username so people can have an easier time searching me. But uh, I'm out there. I'm always, you know active on it connor's putting up reviews non-stop on that on that uh that service so having a blast i uh, can't wait to see what we have in store for this week and what will unfold until then keep watching movies